Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Sketch Watch Play. My name is John Flurry. I'm Christopher Wade. I'm Colin Bird. And yeah, another surprise guest for uh, you assuming audience. Colin is one we've been meaning to get on for a very long time, I feel. Because for the many listeners who have no connection to us in real life, Chris, Colin, and I all attended the same college, uh, Art Institute of Washington, almost a decade ago. Actually, I started a decade ago at my point. Um, It has been 10 years. Oh, my God. It's been 10 years. Oh, my God. We're old. Colin, you're actually working there now, correct? Yes. I have become the man. Fear me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fear fear Mr. Bird. Um, but he's no, been... I'm also not 12 year old. 12 years old. I know everybody's kind of wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've actually been in the background of some episodes. I remember when we were talking. Was it Pokemon? Where you and Serena like, kind of walked behind yes. Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I've been like. This, this is the answer. This is the answer to the question. And Chris would be like, shut up. Yeah, we were talking about the uh, the Pokemon Snap uh, fiasco oh, that, that I had mm-hmm. when I ha- when I uh, got into like the semifinals and was going to go to Australia. But because you were like, in Maryland. Yeah, yeah, I was one of the few people in America. And mm-hmm. you're like, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't. Yeah. The game was easy. We just mm-hmm. like, pelt them in the head with like with uh, like pesticide and then you're good. It was super. It, it, I mean, I, there was a degree of difficulty, I have to say. It took me about a good three to four hours. For, you know what? That's entirely different. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. But, um, Colin, you've been getting on for a long time, and this is kind of uh, – it's kind of interesting how we went – you know, we went on a while. We had one guest, then a while with none. Then previously we had just had uh, Tyler on for the Marvel Power Rangers discussion, which was one of our best episodes ever, I think. It was a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's exciting to get another guest on too, especially one we've been wanting for a while. And it's kind of been – thank you for the thumbs up, Colin. It's kind mm-hmm. of been a tradition um, for each time we have a guest for them. I reach out to them and say, what are some things you'd like to discuss? And they generally would text me a list and I go over with them and Chris and we whittle it down to something all three of us like to want. So Patrick mm-hmm. picked Pokemon. Tyler picked Marvel. Um, and you picked something that uh, very – very both very uh, iconic in terms of geek and anim- animation culture, uh, very current and controversial for because of a certain adaptation, and something that I have been meaning to uh, get properly acquainted with because uh, actually we're, we'll get to that, but mm-hmm. uh, we, I, we we do have an opening section to do. Oh, and, thank God! <laughs> this, is, this is okay. You know, full disclosure for the listeners: I already mentioned this to you both. I don't think I'm going to have quite as much to say this episode outside of asking some questions because uh, both our opening and our main segments, you guys are more experienced with. But we'll explain as it comes. But Colin, you and apparently Chris have just seen um, a new anime movie that has been a very big deal called Your Name. There's one thing I'm certain of: if we see each other, we'll definitely know right away. I wanted to tell you that wherever you are in the world, I swear that I'll find you again, no matter what. Who are you? Who are you? Can I ask you your name? Yes. Oh, my God. And you were just saying you were shocked how much you loved it. I I do. I was. Because, like, oh, my God. I went in the movie. And for those who don't know me, there is like a minimum of like one punch to the face quota that I have to have in every movie I go in and You're see. You're all about the action. Yeah, action, fighting, running, parkour, all of that jazz. And I, and one of my colleagues had a super hyped up um, your name, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna see it so I can complain about it later. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> half hour in, I'm gonna be bored. Three hours later, 
Oh my god! <laughs> was it really a three-hour movie? It, it wasn't three hours. It was like it, an hour and a half. Yeah, it, oh. but it felt like I mean, it, it went by fairly quickly. But the amount of the amount of feelings that that movie made it, you go through, they pack a lot into it. Yeah, oh my it, god. it felt like three hours in a good way. It, yeah. it really felt like that. It was a it was a long it was a very long and deliberate movie. It was so, good. Like I, I, I hmm? go ahead, go. Like I did not have like that. The, the, I haven't had that sort of emotional reaction since Logan. Wow. But in a good way. Mm-hmm. I still need to watch Logan. At this point, I think I just need to bit torn because it's, it's out of theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like Logan will leave you sad but satisfied. Um, your name will leave you happy but satisfied. Happy but also satisfied. Yes. Yeah, that's happy and dissatisfied. I, th- I feel like there's like an extreme redundancy there. Well, I said happy. I meant hopeful. I got you. Okay. okay. I used so, the wrong word. And I've read <laughs> this is like, has this become the most highest grossing anime movie in Japan ever? Mm-hmm. Um, ever or is it um, non Ghibli since, since um, Spirited Away? Because I think insane. knocked off Spirited Away. Because I feel like I, I keep feeling like, I, I don't know if I have to go back and look because I feel like there was the, there's the non Ghibli disclaimer yeah. that okay. gets attached to it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's still it's, really good. Yeah. And full disclosure, um, I didn't mention this to you guys. The reason I wasn't available to start recording until five was uh, I was doing another. Chris, you know this. I I often meet like two months every two months with my grandma to show her a movie yeah. that. Mm-hmm. She probably hasn't seen. Um, yeah. so we've, done, we've done Star Wars, we've done some Marvel, we've done some cartoons. Yeah. Um, and I said, Mimi, let's try something different. I'm going to show you this little movie I love called Castle in the Sky. Oh. What'd she think? She loved it. Oh. Yeah, of course she I, I rewatched it to make sure, like, I wasn't going to show her Spirit Away something that's just too out there for her, probably. Uh-huh. But Castle in the Sky is more of a straightforward adventure story. And um, granted, I still haven't seen all of Miyazaki's movies, but mm-hmm. Castle in the Sky is my favorite of the half dozen or so I've seen, and that's not a popular answer, even though it seems to be beloved. Um, mm-hmm. I think we do. I do want to cover it someday. I, I'd almost thought about saying let's do a Ghibli retrospective, but there's just too much stuff to fit into one episode. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Back- there's there's a lot of material to cover Absolutely. when you're talking about Ghibli because mm-hmm. I, I will. I, Obviously, they're 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 super great films. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some of them are a bit hit or miss depending on who you talk to. I wasn't I big mean, on the Wind Rises. I'm sorry. I wasn't. You big wasn't big on Wind Rises. Rises. Yeah. You know what? I, I felt that a lot of people weren't big on Wind Rises. There was a lot of hype that generated because of it. Um, obviously, because it was a Ghibli movie, and because at the time, uh, well, dog on it. What's his name? I forgot his oh, name. Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Yeah, I was about to say Makoto. It was supposed Shinsuke. to be his last. Yeah, it was supposed to be his last. It's always he, supposed to be his yeah. last. Yeah. Anybody he's, believe that? No, he's, no, I don't. He's semi-retired like three times, and at this point, I'm like, no, he's only going to retire when he's dead or like has a stroke or something. If you believe that, I have a shoe that 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 perfectly fit upside your head. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Jay Z said the same thing, and look yeah. where. But we should get back to your name. I'll just say I'm probably going to pick at at least one individual Ghibli movie in the future. But so. What is your name about? Because I do know what it's about, but there are a lot of people who might not. Go for it. It is The Notebook meets Freaky Friday. That's actually a pretty good, yeah. <laughs> meets Japan. I know. I just took the piss out of how epic that movie was going to be. <laughs> but no, like um, this uh, boy and this girl, this boy in Tokyo and this girl who lives in the country, they wake up in each other's bodies. They're like, oh, my God. And the boy's like, oh, my God, I've got boobs. I- I'm sure they do that. Stand and, um um, they actually turned that into a really heartwarming running joke in the movie. Yeah. But um, they eventually slowly figure out that um, that uh, they're, they're living each other's lives. It's not a dream. And so they start making each other's lives more in- um, better for each other. Except at one point, the switches stop happening. Yeah. And so, they have to, and so on each of their own sides, they have to figure out why it stops happening. Mm-hmm. And they also and, have, they figure out how to communicate with each other, right? By like leaving messages and stuff. 
Yeah, yep. which is uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, um, in some cases, uh, after you watch the film, you start to think back on it, and you're like, "There's a there's a, there's a few holes there, but it's it's not terrible. It's not a big oh, deal." The there, there are two. There are like two really big holes on that. Yeah. isn't there a fact that like the girls slightly it's a different time period or something? Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna get into that part. Okay, spoilers. Like, yeah, yeah, Dallas spoiled the experience a bit too much. Yeah, but I actually did read a synopsis. I'm not gonna give anything away, but there's more to it beyond the gimmick from the sound. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we want we want people to go see this movie. So yeah, if you've seen a Makoto Shinkai film, you know that um, you already have a sense that his movies always involve yeah. like kind of romantic interest and in, uh, that involves distance and or time. That's mm-hmm. a natural element almost. Yeah, this but, director. Um, I've heard of him, but I still haven't seen any of his movies. He did five centimeters per second, and yep. is it Voices from a Distant Star or something like that? Uh, Voices from a Distance, uh, no, that's children, first one. children with um, uh, who lost, children with lost voices. Okay, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google him. Hmm? Children who chase lost voices. Serena gave me that one. Thanks, Serena. Mm-hmm. Which I wasn't. I wasn't really too big of a fan of that one. A lot of people really hyped okay, that one up. Here we go. In order. The place promised in her early days, mm-hmm. five centimeters per second, children who chase lost voices, the garden of words, which I've seen gifts of on Tumblr. That movie looks absolutely gorgeous. Oh, uh, I have it. Mm-hmm. It's, and now uh, your name. And some shorts and commercials. Yeah, yeah. Um, the garden garden of words is what really turned me on to Makoto Shinkai. And it's actually up there on my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. It's forty five it minutes long, and it's super short. And now, I to check that out. Yeah, like, my my big problem with, uh, with Shinkai's works is like a problem that I have. It's a it's a sort of weird like opposite problem to have in the East that the, than the West. Mm-hmm. Like I think they revere animation so much that they make animated movies that don't need to be animated. Hmm. Like I watched. Uh, I was watching. Um, um, I was watching uh, um, Your Name, and I came out of it. I'm thinking. Okay, aside from the comics, special effects, and maybe two or three other shots that are like really trippy as all get out, mm-hmm. it didn't need to be animated. Well, in the, in the age of CGI, like nothing needs to be animated anymore. Everything can just be live action. Well, with, yeah, with, with little bits and pieces. Like, of don't CGI. get me wrong, the movie was fucking gorgeous, and I think being animated allows the emotions to to the in the faces yeah. to to read a lot better than it's just like, oh, this actor can sort of make a happy face, this actor can make a sad face. There's a lot of extreme exaggeration that you can get out of animation that you wouldn't. Necessarily Necessarily get out of live action, uh, they which do is a lot why, of exaggerations in this movie, or is it very uh, reserved? A, I feel like there's a lot. Um, there, there's a lot of both because there are scenes when uh, there, you don't get this. You don't get the, like the cheesy slapstick uh, two frames, um, two frames a second animation. Obviously, because this so is like a, super deformed, yeah. chibi characters. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a theatrical tops. film, but there are there are a lot of reserved performances. But then there are a lot of outlandish, mm-hmm. super funny performances that do lend itself to the medium. Yeah. And, so and the it, reason it, I say it's an East versus West problem is that in the East, they're like, oh my God, we really have to tell the story. We want it to be really fucking awesome. Quick, animate it. <laughs> Whereas in the West, we're like, oh no, we really need people to buy into this. It cool. could be animated, but life action to be safe. Yeah, yeah, that that is a thing. Uh, it's quicker. Uh, it's quicker and easier to pick up a um, pick up a video camera uh, than it is to draw each and every frame and layer model it. Yeah. So, th- so that it is animated speaks to how much they really wanted to tell the story and how much they revere the animation medium, and that's something in the in the West that yeah. we just doesn't out. doesn't Shinkai often write his own movies? I, yep. actually, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he does. Huh. Okay. I'm gonna double check. Uh, then again, he, there are very few 
few people in Japan when it gets to theatrical release that they yeah. don't that like a like I mean the the, the easy example is a um a Shira Oda. Mm. Every time there's a new after I think after um World's Strongest, every new One Piece movie he's pretty much had some sort of directorial hand in. I Shira remember Oda. hearing that was it film Z or Z? He was yeah. pretty hands on with that one. Mm. And then also with a um a film Gold too. I heard Gold was really good. Yeah. No, I should check that out. I just wanted to watch movies. I've only like 20 episodes in the theatrical show, but I like it. I, 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 I am not a big fan of One Piece by any means, but when I heard the soundtracks to uh, to One Piece Gold, the film, I was like, maybe I should. <laughs> well, because uh, One Piece is one of those sort of like, you you it's like rinse, lather, repeat. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's meant to be very surfacey fun. Yeah. So, but it's like underneath all the cotton candy, I swear there is a nugget of chocolate in there. Okay. You just and have to search for it and, and yeah. pull it out. Okay. I'm, not, I'm still, I was scared away from One Piece for a while for two reasons. One, I originally watched the four kids version. Uh, yeah. Yep. Discussion. But two, I still am generally not a big fan of when it's art style gets really extreme with the characters, like mm-hmm. contouring. It's, it's weird looking. And even That's- like the base designs, like the girls that are supposed to be attractive have like towards it waste like a straw like it's 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 but i like the characters and story so mm-hmm. yeah i think the part of the problem is that when you're reading the manga <clears throat> like a lot of the art and action tends to blend together he has gotten better over time but when mm-hmm. it's a very action heavy page it blends together i've seen yeah lot. i've seen the images of the manga and it looks very cluttered sometimes but mm-hmm. then when you read watch it in, and when it's animated it's like oh that's what's supposed to happen <laughs> <laughs> but okay but uh your name. Um, what What are some other things you'd like to touch on about? Is there anything you can touch about without getting into spoilers? Um. Well, I mean, uh, like we actually kind of covered it with the whole animation versus not animated thing. Okay. There, there, um, uh, I I I was pretty lucky not to run into spoilers with your name, and by this point, you're going to run into a lot because I looked them up on my own. <laughs> yeah, it's because I mean, the, it sounds the interesting. Been out, where it goes, the, the movie's been out for a little bit, and. Uh, you're going to get a bigger experience not knowing what happens mm-hmm. because it is beyond the notebook uh, freaky uh, freaky Friday melding. Even though that's an easy comparison, mm-hmm. that's an easy combo um, for it to to describe as. But I I walked away extremely surprised. I mean I I have a pretty uh, I walked in with a pretty um, with a pretty basic understanding of Makoto Shinkai. Um, I knew what I was going to get. But I didn't realize how much of it out, uh, how how much of a good thing out that it was it was about to be enforced upon me. Well, what's also really cool about that is that there's also a lot of cultural stuff underneath the yeah. surface. So like life in Tokyo versus life in the country, um, and not even just like life, urban life versus rural life. It's like no, here are cultural things that are that are endemic to you. You could not easily adapt this to an American audience. You'd have mm-hmm. to do like what they're doing with Death Note, where it's like. Oh yeah, well no, this has to be in Seattle if you're gonna use an American person. Uh, yeah, um, light. It's, well, it's, it's better than it's setting in Japan, but light's still a white guy. Yeah. We'll get that. Um, or um, but back on uh, your name, there's also the idea of like tradition. What does that mean? Family. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. How does family and tradition play into each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and a whole lot of like underlying themes that kind of, and they don't just, they're not just surface level, like, oh, well, we want we want to sound deep, cough, cough, the matrix, because <laughs> Bob Chipman ruined that for me. <laughs> um, but um, they they weave themselves into the art direction and uh, and the animation and the set design and stuff too. So they gave like, some thought. Oh yeah, yeah like, uh, like uh, the main male protagonist, Taki, he wakes up and, um, and, um, and his entire life is about order and um, while the female protagonist Mitsuha, she's a little bit more relaxed. 
um, every time that they communicate, Taki's just like, "Don't throw my life out of whack," because he's a he's a um, he is a um, he's a, a teenager in Tokyo, and he's got very clear, defined goals about what he wants to do with the rest of his life mm-hmm. that he's kind of had for a while now, and that's just partly endemic to he lives in Tokyo, where you don't get out much, and you have to figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you think that these are like one note personalities that you're we're reading off? They're not. They're 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 considerable attributes cool. that when you walk into the film. And you actually see Taki uh, going about his way. He comes off as a lot more confident than how we're actually describing him as, mm-hmm. instead of like this, you know, very um, this very you know straight and narrow kind like of guy. Like, out. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like for me, like the only thing that the other than the the animation observation is uh, two um, two not really two spoilers, but one main conceit um, that happens after the switches stop. It, for me, it ha- there's no real explanation given as to why that has to happen. Thematically, it makes sense because it preserves the drama, but like narratively, it's like you just pulled this because you needed to have drama. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. They don't explain why the switching is happening. Well, uh, no, not not even that. It's it's again, it's another element that like once the switches happen and that gets into spoilers, to, that that really does get into spoilers. So I can't really talk about it too much, but there's an element to preserve the drama that it has to do with memory mm-hmm. and. Um, the, what they pull with that, it's like you just wanted drama. Yeah. That you, you didn't have to do that, but you wanted the drama. The, didn't the feel movie, organic. Honestly, the movie could have ended at a certain point, but it didn't. And, you know, uh, uh, it's a small gripe for me that um, that it didn't end that way, but I'm so glad it didn't because things kind of ramp up after that point. There was still more <laughs> good stuff to come. Yeah. And after watching Garden of Words, like I was – there's a point in the film where I was like, well, I guess that's it. And then, like, shit starts to pop off. I'm like, what? Oh, oh, Sit oh, down. oh, <laughs> this is bad. Um, did Wait, did it, Garden Words kind of, like, jump the shark for you at a point? No, Garden Awards doesn't exactly jump the shark. It is not fantasy-based. Uh, at least it doesn't have the amount of fantasy that this, as your name has. It's very, um, it's, uh, um, it's, um, the story is about... Uh, a boy who meets up with a girl at a certain place at a certain time and they agree that you know obviously they have a thing for each other but they agree that they're only going to meet at this place and just chat and just bitch about their lives uh, only when it's raining or never any day else and they have a great time and they start to get closer obviously they get uh, things don't turn out the way that they want and they get torn apart and, because uh, of Makoto Shinkai movie because of Makoto Shinkai movie but I actually loved it and I'm not. I'm still trying to figure out where your name places with Garden of Words in that regard. A lot of people like children who chase lost voices a lot more. Um, and that that's you didn't like. Yeah, that's extreme fantasy. That's more along the lines of uh, it. It really looks like a Ghibli film, mm-hmm. like out with the um, uh, with its character designs, with the fact that they go into um, that the characters um, visit a super bizarre magical world. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the characters look like they've been pulled from other Ghibli, Ghibli movies, yeah. but it doesn't retain like it doesn't retain like uh, the amount of. I don't know. I don't want to say logic because Ghibli movies don't really have a lot of logic to no. them. Some more than others. Yeah. You cursed your arm. Now you're Superman. <laughs> what is happening? Did that giant panda just whisk us into the sky and start eating food? Was this a tree? What's happening? This is weird. But um, pollution is think- bad, kids. Pollution is bad. <laughs> uh, War is bad. Is, oh yeah. There's 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 so much um, that goes into children. 
uh, who chased lost voices that it just came uh, it didn't really it didn't jive with me okay but when i got into garden of words which was a lot more reserved which is probably the reason why people didn't like it so much it's much more reserved and um than you really than you what you really want from it then you get into your name which is not that not that much more extreme but there's enough there, there's enough definite where it gets a little insane mm-hmm. it's just good because like like uh, your name like by standards of most literally anything else is very mundane there's yeah. only one there's okay there's two supernatural elements mm-hmm. and then that's it um Switch but uh something else we can't talk about yeah okay. but uh what i actually want to get onto is like the uh the cultural impact as a uh as a not just as a movie but just the whole hey guess what we cared enough we think you'll like this movie enough to not only dub it but also we'll provide you with subs yeah in the theater yeah that was cool oh. uh did you guys see, did you see it in theater we saw yep. it, yeah we saw it in theater separately yeah Did you see it uh sub or dub i saw it subbed subbed yeah because okay. I, I like the recommendation was made to me to, to go see it subbed instead yeah it got a crazy wide release from what i understand mm-hmm. it was playing at the um it, was, it wasn't playing at every regal cinema mm-hmm. but i um it was playing at the alamo draft house i think um like honestly if i'd known how wide the release would have been i would have suggested that instead of gits yeah yeah well i saw i mean granted i did also want to torture you with gits yeah. but um, I was I was not happy with that recommendation. But, um, but uh, if I had known your name was was going to be um, was going to be so widely available that maybe that all three of us could have seen it separately, mm-hmm. then I would have said, yeah, let's do that instead. I think with another topic where when the three of us or maybe even four of us, if Justin's available, mm-hmm. um, Justin slash Tyrone, it's a, if the four of us are available, we should go see a movie and talk about it. Um, yes. that'd, that'd be a nice little. But podcast. not at the Alamo Draft House because that colors things. <sighs> all right, not at the Alamo I- Draft. I'm still up for that color apocalypse. I'm still mad at you for that. I'm still up for seeing Guardians two with you guys. That's coming out in a few days. Be oh fun. yeah, let's do that. Okay, we'll talk about that. we'll talk about that after the show. But um, oh, so I think you both definitely recommend this. Absolutely. Um, yes. If you're if you're a fan of anime and you're a fan of Makoto Shinkai films, if you're a fan of just a good movie and having a good time, mm-hmm. um, I really recommend your name uh, you're going to have a good uh, i feel like you're going to take away from this movie than what is initially presented to you oh yes interesting you know funny thing um maybe you guys can verify this i actually heard this stated on um on the podcast tyler was from generation animation mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think it was when they were doing an overview of the year's movies and one of them brought up that makoto shinkai is actually not satisfied with how your name turned out and he's been telling yeah. people don't go support it and it wasn't didn't turn out as good as i hoped yeah, I haven't heard that. Uh, uh, based on what he said, he did say that um, um, Makoto Shinkai uh, apparently just wasn't pleased at yeah. how the film turned out. Not, I think it wasn't uh, even not the, case. the reaction of people and yeah. that everybody loved it. He just wasn't satisfied with how his. I don't think he was in a case of where, like, Josh Trank briefly tweeted, oh, the studio fucked up Fantastic Four. Makoto mm-hmm. Oh, Josh Trank fucked up Fantastic Four. Yeah. I don't think the studio really messed with this movie, but I think Makoto Shinkai, just once it was done, he looked at it, it was like, ah, I could have done better. Yeah, it was like, it's like looking at a piece of uh, pieces of art that you drew, and you're yeah. like, eh, but everybody um, loves it. And, I think, uh, I and think we like, can, I guess. I think the three of us can probably identify with that feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, okay, you know what? I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull a surprise, uh, opportunity on you guys because right. uh talking about your name didn't take as long as i guessed um and we don't have a time in mind would you guys want me to briefly discuss the time i've spent with a little game called ukulele yes yes please okay um hit him 
First off, have either of you played uh, it? Hit him with the, your opinion. Or with my opinion. No, okay. no. Well, hit, hit, hit. I want John to hit Chris with the opinion. Like his fist is going to come out of the screen and punch my lights out? I wouldn't yeah, do that. It's going to be like the fist is going to be tattooed opinion. No. <laughs> I'd rather not hit people with opinions. But actually, no, I'm going to ask you first. Have you, neither of you play, have played it yet. I've not played ukulele. But also, you... full disclosure, I have no intent of, unless unless somebody gives it to me, I yeah, have yeah, no yeah. of going out. Okay. Um, I'm actually very excited for this game, and uh, I got it. I've actually just recently stopped doing game reviews for the written sites I work for. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The last one I did, they got me a code for it on Xbox One about a week or two before it came out. Noise! Yeah, that's that's the biggest benefit of doing game reviews for, like, uh, legitimate websites is that developers and publishers will send you vouchers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Something for Sunday Twitch streams. Yeah, and yes. I've seen what the Metacritic scores and average were like and people's opinions. I'm not going to lie. I really like ukulele. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, it generally does succeed at reviving an experience that I missed and mm-hmm. uh, doing some clever updates to it. More, But it's more – the only big general complaint is that it's, that it's more about – Reviving the formula than evolving it, which yeah, has been a lot that's, of that's been a lot of reviewers' biggest pet peeve. Like you could have made this on the GameCube. That's that's what I'm hearing. But honestly, um, Platonic never really gave me the impression that mm-hmm. it was going to evolve the platform. No, me really. neither. I was like, and, I want something that plays like Banjo with better graphics and stuff. I'm fine. With yeah. That. Well, and to be honest, like you like you want an evolution of that genre. Go play Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. that's what Mario games are for. Which is not to knock on Platonic for what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. because I mean, when I saw Ukulele, I was like, "Fucking sign me up!" But uh, when screenshots started dropping, and when I got a good idea what the character designs look, yeah, you told me you're not fond of the look of the characters. Yeah, I'm not overly fond of the character designs, but. I do like platformers, and judging from the amount of talent that Platonic has yeah. and has brought back, yeah. um, I am all on board for this rare uh, for the spiritual successor to yeah, Banjo. Apparently, very few of the Platonic team is not comprised of cla- Golden Age rare mm-hmm. uh, members who worked on stuff like Banjo. Well, and uh, unlike something like say Mighty Number no. Nine, depending on how well this does, mm. this may allow them to sort of refine their and not like evolve it. But like worked out the kinks that that the reviewers are talking about, and yeah. then either Ukulele Two or their next game or Platonic what. Platonic has said not only would they love to do a sequel if given the opportunity, but they kind of introduce. They say like maybe some supporting characters or bit players they could give some sort of other approach to get their own title with different things, kind of like what they did as Rare. And I, I hope they do because I honestly don't know how well or poorly the game has sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, that's the rub. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Platonic has released numbers either. I don't think so. No. I, I don't think so too. Um, I know one thing do, that's. Go do indie Kickstarter um, um, studios ever release numbers? Because I don't remember Mighty Number no. Nine releasing. I think they do if it sells well. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I remember Shovel Knight was was selling gangbusters. I yeah, still yeah. that on my Shovel Knight, show. who makes a cameo in uh, Ukulele. Yeah, I heard. Um, um, no, it's very. It's it's a bit. Play, it's just he's just one of those bit players. Like, hey, go go do this, and I'll give you a uh, pagey instead of a jiggy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple things that um there there were a couple of things that people were generally unhappy with 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 ukulele and i, I think know, that the ev- I, I know what one's gonna be yeah uh, i'm not gonna mention it here but uh, the 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 evolution was the big thing like people were expecting it to be more than what it was supposed to be yeah, and honestly honestly while that would have been nice mm-hmm. i read <laughs> the uh the action um, I, I i read what what was going into it you know i i knew what rareware was coming from um, I, I had a, um, judging from the screenshots and judging from the videos, 
I knew what I was going to get if I decided to yeah. buy this game. They were like, we, we, I think they were like, we just had, it's been so long since we really got to make a game like this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's return to what we used to love doing. We have, they want to flex those chops after so long, not be my Microsoft, not giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like Banjo-Kazooie did not grab me when I was a kid, especially since at one point I just want, well, for one thing, my sister traded Mario Kart 64 away for it, and I have still never forgiven her for that. You shouldn't. Um, <laughs> and then two, I, love- I wanted to quit out of the game, mm-hmm. and it's like, by the way, game over. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, I can never the- take a break? <laughs> well, screw you too. <laughs> Well, no. it's sa- I think it saves every time you get a Jiggy. Well, no, but it's not that. It's just that the fact that like both that game and Donkey Kong 64, if you quit out of them from the, from the pause menu, you get the game, you get over, the game over screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have other things to do. Mm-hmm. I might be 12, but I, I want to eat. So I'm not giving up. I just need a No, nope, game over. <laughs> How dare well, you? You, you, cl- I don't, you clearly doesn't do that. It uh, t- takes you back to the main menu. But I mean, just, just that alone, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get into it the way that I could, like uh, with uh, with Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong 64 or Mario 64 or all of them. So, ukulele was like, "Yay, it's coming back!" Or um, there's an avenue to to make platformers more than just Mario. Yeah. Or remakes of Crash Bandicoot. Or Sonic. Or Sonic. Yeah. I'm, How was something else I kind of wish we uh, suggested? Someday we're talking Sonic. Chris has said you, that's something we would need to you really. Gotta call me in for, for this because Chris I, knows I, I have a lot of opinions about this. I think we sure. should talk Sonic uh, when Mania comes out. But uh, as for ukulele. Lately, um, yeah, it, it's 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 very tricky. Um, this is a very tricky time for games because now everyone has access to information. Not necessarily information that everyone actually reads, mm-hmm. but uh, or accurate information for that matter. Or accurate information. But when they get the information and they absorb it, they interpret it differently. And I'm not saying that someone just wildly just makes up shit and then goes about their business. But I am saying that. Uh, when you when I looked at ukulele, uh, I was like, "This is going to be uh, <laughs> a revisit to banjo kazooie esque type formula. Yeah. It's not going to be as revolutionary or pushes a genre forward like Mario sixty four did for platformers or Shovel Knight did for the revival period. Yeah, it's yeah. just going to be here's a game that we know you guys might like. Give it a shot, and it's for new consoles. Yeah, and plus we're the team from Rare Rare." Give us a go. And that's and, what I got from it. Well, oh, go ahead. I, I think one thing that might scare potential players away, because when I posted my review on Facebook, another friend of mine, TJ, said, I, I'm going to wait for a price drop, because it's 40 bucks, which is a steep price, asking price for an indie game. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's, I think, the other, that leads into the other problem that they're having now, and I think everybody's having, is go big or go home. Um, and if you don't make it big, don't come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's stupid. Like okay. a, like a, the the games have to co- have to cost a million dollars. The the game um to be to make you have to pay sixty dollars for them to get into them. And if you don't and like it, well, tough cookies, you're out of luck. The, like yeah, the like, window for success is very small with those with those limitations. Like Gearbox is never making another Duke Nukem game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with that. KG Inafune is never making another Mega Man or Mighty Night Number Nine game. I'm fine with that. Um, or Red Sky for that matter. Was it Red Sky or Red Ash? Red Ash. Oh no. Um, Red okay. Ash. Yeah. Um, if Koji Igarashi fails with Bloodstained. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good luck. Goodbye. <laughs> You're not seeing any more anybody killing vampires anytime soon. Yep. Um. Uh, and it's and that's why I'm a little bit worried about ukulele because I would love for them to get a yeah seat. I mm-hmm. think because um, and well, I'll tell you one thing uh, there's a lot of gameplay in it in there for the forty bucks I've sunk about probably close to fifteen hours in I think I'm only like 
three quarters of to, unlo- to unlocking the final boss. That's what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I like to hear. And but um, if they don't do well, <laughs> they're gonna look at and it's it's not even gonna be like the investor saying we're not gonna give you money. They're gonna look at it themselves and say, well, the audience isn't here for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't discourage matter. other people from trying. Yeah. yeah. Outside like, of Nintendo. Uh, yeah, like uh, it'll be like uh, the uh, the vocal minority says yes, but they're they they didn't speak with their wallet, so we're going to have to move on. It's yep. it's the Marvel diversity problem, which is a topic for another podcast. Which we always say. <laughs> yeah, well, no, if we do that, we're going to be here for the next four hours. Co- yeah. complaining about that. I think we'll touch on something similar in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I- also, those are also. Uh, but you can literally, I'm trying to say to figure out if there's anything really fun about it that I haven't said, because I think we've talked more about the stuff surrounding the game, the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are, there are a lot of things that are very similar in terms of gameplay mechanics. They've actually made some pretty smart refinements, because, Chris, you might remember in Banjo-Kazooie, when you did different special moves, uh, you had different, like, ammo for all of them. You had to collect, like, you want to fly, you yeah. gold feathers, invulnerability, gold feathers, eggs, grenade eggs. Ice. Yeah, the col- the, there's, a, there's a giant load of collect-a-thoning, which, depending on who you are, is a good, it can be a well, good or a bad here's thing. The thing. Yeah. In this, you have um, you have equivalents to jiggies, like the main thing to find. Instead of notes, you have quills, which are not used to unlock more levels, but they're used to purchase new moves from Trouser the Snake. Um, okay. And, her, 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 you said Trouser Snake. That's the joke, yeah. Um, and you have a mumbo-jumbo transformation equivalent to find one this it's, just, it's a uh, scientist octopus with a transformation ray and you got yeah. like a little a molecule which are actually pretty well hidden one in each world to do it and there are mm-hmm. Jinjo equivalents which are like five color creatures in each world get them you get a yeah. page yeah yeah and that is oh the last one is uh, you can find one uh, arcade token in each level to unlock a mini game in it yeah uh, that's about it because okay. the way all the special moves are handled is that they're all done with one unified stamina meter, which uh, will obviously decrease with each, the use of each one, decreases faster yeah. depending on the move. Yeah. Um, and I saw, I saw to clips refill, of that. Refill, to refill, you can refill it, you either have to wait a pretty decent amount, amount of time, like 20 seconds without doing any special move, or there are many butterflies all over the place, and running in, just running into one will give you... Um, refill your stamina but there's also the B button uh, Yuka who's chameleon will light them up with his tongue and that'll refill one heart nice so okay. there's kind of been a lot of streamlining uh, <laughs> in terms of where it was like Platonic was like we're not going to get rid of a lot of the primary things but in terms of all the ammo and special moves let's simplify that a bit mm-hmm. um, granted there are points where the uh, stamina can run out of you at the, at the worst time but there are also um, in each level there's not only Heart extenders, which give you extra health, but uh, yeah. stamina extenders, which increases the size of the bar, yeah. which is helpful. And uh, and the game itself is still got a lot of personality and uh, cleverness to its to its writing. Um, you know, breaking the fourth wall left and right. Oh, like because one of my favorite things is one of the side characters who you give the tokens to is called Retro Sixty Forus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little hologram T-Rex intentionally modeled like the blocky N64 characters. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, and at one point when you b- beat one of his minigames, uh, Lily, who's the Kazooie equivalent, that she's a little funny little bitch, bitch of kinds, uh, she goes, please don't beg us to give you a, your, your game a five-star review. And Retro goes, <laughs> it's okay. No, Retro goes, it's okay. I already bribed all the uh, best journalism. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. I'm covered. Um, just a lot of... A lot of little, and I think there's one that is a not so subtle dig at Microsoft, which is that each many levels have. Uh, first off, your villain is a greedy one percenter, or capital B, who's all about yeah. profits. Yeah. Um, but also, one of the recurring enemy drones are these little robots that shoot out green sensor lights, 
Yeah. Um, they're shaped very much like a certain Microsoft peripheral. And when you fight a boss one, he's called. He says they're called the Ineps. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so not not they're definitely not dis, uh, disguising their distaste for how Microsoft has handled Rare. Yeah, yeah. I, I think once uh, I think once it drops for the Nintendo Switch, which uh, surprise I have. Um, oh, you got it. I'm, yeah, yeah. Dude, our, yeah, these things are freaking tiny. <laughs> they are. They are. Uh, Colin brought his, and uh, we have ours, and it's yeah. We're amazed at how small they are. Are you they're, liking Zelda? Yeah, we're loving okay. Zelda. You, uh, I gotta, like, my face is so tiny. <laughs> it's weird. Once it once it uh, drops on the Switch, I'm gonna give it a shot because I mean I want to support those guys. They may not yeah. they may not have uh they may not have like knocked it out the park, but I do love the fact that they're trying to bring they're trying to bring back a genre that I loved as yeah. a kid. Yeah, and they seem various... they've done a, they seem they've done a pretty good job. Yes. Yeah, there I might borrow Christmas there... Switch. <laughs> what? He yeah. says he wants to borrow it. We'll see how we'll see how that works. Ah. They might well, see, all you just like, wait, why is there Mario Kart on my system? <laughs> <laughs> These aren't my controllers. <laughs> yeah, but um, and it does have little niggling issues. Like some of the level objectives aren't good as the others. Uh, I didn't have any camera issues. Uh, but uh, so, oh, I, I went in my review. I think the biggest thing I said was a game because the levels are so much bigger than Banjo. Um, yeah. They really could have used a, a navigation system of some kind, that's, either maps or fast travel, because it doesn't that's have that. What, yeah. That's what I heard from the from this YouTuber called um, named the the Cartoon Gamer. He said something oh, similar. Warp. Yeah, he uh, he was saying that uh, a warp system or some means yeah, of being yeah. able to fast travel would have been a lot. Uh, would have been uh, would have helped. I got speed lost in some levels bit. pretty often, which, which mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, yeah. What, outside of that, I was I had a lot of fun. Yeah, um, so uh, I cool. would recommend we. Uh, I recommend anybody. Okay, you know how I can say to tell you if you probably like it, go back and play like one of the classic platformers like that, the first Banjo, Mario sixty four, yeah. Sunshine, or I'm trying to think of other. Oh, the original Spyro games I think are really good ones. Um, yeah. If you're still able to legitimately enjoy those, there's you're very likely to enjoy Ukulele. You got a whoop whoop out of Serena, a very tiny whoop whoop. For which game? <laughs> uh, Spyro. Yeah, yeah, classic Spyro's hard to beat. I actually am, not so much now, but I played a lot of the Skylanders games. I thought they were actually pretty fun once you separated the uh, horrible Spyro mm-hmm. redesign shooting it. But mm-hmm. uh, they got very uh, stale. But I think this would be a good time for us to, well, for me to render what we've done so far, and then we can move on to our big topic. Sure, Yay! let's do that. Colin had said that sounded very enthusiastic, but your face was very deadpan. It was... uh, <laughs> when Colin suggested this topic, I wish I'd actually like ran through a list of things that like you guys have done because I'd be like, hmm, you're a name. Let's do that. Breath of the Wild. Let's do that. <laughs> well, there's always the chance. To, you, well, you can always come back. Uh, yeah, hang on. Yeah. Let, let me render. Hey, excuse me, princess. Hey, excuse me, princess. Excuse me, princess. Just like grab a horse, go walk for a little bit. Maybe you accidentally will step on a stone talus. Get the shit be kicked out of you. Find it. Find out that the stone talus yeah. has accidentally broken the, a Lionel, and then you have an entire adventure to tell your yeah. friend. Colin, I'm looking right now. Um, I did my early Zelda impressions in episode nine. If you ever want to go back and look, which one? Which episodes have you listened to? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I don't remember them in order. So. Do you remember uh, the topics? Like there was a there was a Pokemon one. I, I think there was another you were, one. You were there it. for the Pokemon one. And then there was another one that was watching. But I like it. It gets really hyper fuzzy with podcasts for me because like. Oh, like I listened and then I and then they kind of all start to blend together. In one yeah. ear, out the other, kind of. 
Not so much that as it's like uh, the topics are usually because it's usually so similar. Is it, they kind of like fade together? They're what you would expect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Before we get started, since we're talking about Breath of the Wild, uh, unless you want to hit record and I talk, about I already Breath have. Oh, okay, that's Go fine. Ahead. So when I get an open sandbox game, typically. I do as little as possible to pay attention to the mainline quest, Mm -hmm. and I just go. (laughs) It is my mission to break as much shit in the game to see how well it is put together, but also just to have as much fun as I want on an insane level. Yeah, But you didn't also set yourself on fire, did you? Yes, I did. Many times. (laughs) Okay. It wasn't just me. (laughs) In fact, the very first thing I didn't do was not put on clothes in this game. Serena was already playing this game. So you ran on the tile screen in your underwear? In my underwear, yes. Of course you did. Serena had clocked in about eight hours into this game, like total, and she was already like, you know, talking to a sexy shark man or whatever. And I'm at the beginning of the game, and I'm like, I don't want to wear clothes, so I just run out like this adventure is mine. And then yeah, but you missed the, the fun little animation of Link stubbing his toe. Don't get uh, no, I did that. I opened up the chest and I saw. Hey, that's, that's such a cute, cute touch. I've seen videos of that. Or, it is. Um, it or is. um, like the first time he gets a spirit orb and he's like, Whoa, my god! No, that happened. There's something inside me. I, I did finally get to the shrine, so I, mm-hmm. I got my first shrine. Now, when old man was like, Maybe you should come over here and talk to me first. Just click right, and here I am. And I just immediately go left yes. and I fall off a cliff and die. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a montage for how many times I've died so far just from turning left, it, it would be like a nice little Rocky thing where I just progressively get better and then oh, keep dying. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was like Rocky, but not motivational. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was great because like um, I remember I was like, oh, I have an apple, but I didn't learn how to cook yet because like the old man doesn't show you that until you get to his oh. cabin. So, so I'm like, I'm going to stand and hold it over the fire. <laughs> Why am I smoking? <laughs> Oh shit, I'm on fire, I'm losing, oh fuck! That's me. It did take me a little while to figure out how to cook, probably. Well, at least it's better than just, you know, making porn food every time you turn around. Serena's yelling at me like, you gotta make a recipe! I'm like, butterfly, cookie, Is that your name for the pixelated (laughs) junk food? Yeah, just dubious food. And I'm like, that's not food. Oh, my, my favorite story of this is like you have to you have to fight a Lionel in Zora in Zora's domain. Mm. For those who haven't haven't played Breath of the Wild, the the Lionel is basically a centaur who will absolutely murder you. Yeah, they're brutal. And so what's fun about this is that all my friends who go over there, they're like, I died fifty sometimes, but eventually I mastered all the timing and I kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no, fuck this shit. Put on my Metal Gear suit, sneak around the edge of the lake. Grab the arrows, grab, grab, <laughs> and then Lionel's like, "Wait, where are my arrows?" And then I just like dive off the cliff, like, "Bye." <laughs> That's cool. Is that for the story? Like, the Zora needs you to go do that? Uh, yeah, because you need to. Yeah, you need a yeah. I, no, I didn't kill him either. I'm not. I wasn't good enough for that. I was just like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, and I had to. I be mean, all don't get me here. wrong. I still died a hell of a lot of times after he spotted me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I died like two or three times. But uh, it was just like, I don't have to fight you. I'm not. I've I'm seen a video. You. It's possible to temporarily mount them while battling. Oh, that's cool. Mm. You can't tame them or anything, but you can, uh, apparently there is a way to get on their back and get some free hits in when you're trying to actually slay them. I actually haven't gotten very far in the game. Like I said, only I visited the first shrine. Oh, I have some screenshots for you. But before I got to the shrine, like I'm just dicking around in the forest or whatever mm-hmm. and mess, uh, messing with some hobgoblins. And then I come across this small little valley full of rocks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, this is a nice small little valley full of rocks. And this rock is bigger than I thought it would. Jesus Christ, that's a huge thing. Oh, the, the, the golem? Type yeah, the golem. The, 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 talus, the yes. Now, whenever this happens, Nearly every time in an open world game, whether or not it's Final Fantasy twelve or Banjo Tooie or Final Fantasy fifteen, there's like there are these bosses that you're not supposed to fuck yeah. with so early in the game. And I fucked with them. <laughs> and Serena's yelling like, Don't 
him now. Well, my favorite one with those is that there's a there's um there's uh because what you fought was a stone talus, yeah. which is just a regular rock one. If you go to Goron's um uh Death Mountain, they they have these ones called igneo taluses, which oh. are made of lava. Oh. And so my favorite part is that what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to climb up on top of them. Oh. But it's made of lava, so I'm just like so. And what you're supposed to do instead is you're supposed to just not smack them with ice arrows, so that way you get put out, and then you can climb up on top of them. I'm like. Fuck it, I'm not waiting. So I just like climb on. I'm like, ow, ow, <laughs> ow, ow, and then I'm just like whacking away at his at his uh, at his weak point. While I'm like, ah, ah, ah this is die. this is really one of the best games for just stories like this being shared among people. Oh yeah, oh, everybody's oh. gonna have their own unique incident. I feel. I, I wish I could show you the screenshots that I've taken because like you can make screenshots. Yep. There's Holy a capture shit. button on the Switch. You didn't know that? No. <laughs> Amazing! You can you can upload it directly to Twitter or Facebook by looking. Oh your yeah, account. no, like Chris is look, literally looking at one of my screenshots. That's that I took. awesome. So like, uh, there's this one shrine that's sh- surrounded by vines, and so what you you're supposed to do is you're actually supposed to set it on fire. But if you take a screenshot, and it's like there is a dumpster fire happening behind me. Like, <gasps> I swear this is on purpose. This is great. I want to do that. And Chris, they ha- Nintendo has said in the future they're going to add video clip recording like Xbox One and PS4 did. Ooh, that's cool. But will they add Twitch support? Because that would be amazing. No, no comment, be but be Nintendo, I doubt it. <laughs> now, per this Rock Golem story, yeah. I actually beat that guy. Good. I wound up going to the shrine, and then I got a magnet. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not sure how to beat this guy because I keep running into him. And mm-hmm. I wound up like getting one of those big circular metal rocks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe... If I can hit him with this rock, I can kill the rock monster with his own brother. And so I just start like <laughs> whacking sick. him, but like clumsily up and down with the fucking controller, mm-hmm. not knowing. Still, I still haven't gotten used to the controls, and I died yeah. like six times. Mm-hmm. But I beat the shit out of him finally, with his and, it, and I, he exploded with so many gemstones. It was amazing. Did you beat him with his brother's body? Yes, I did. That's racist, like, man. Like with that metal block, uh, with that metal block that you find like, oh, yeah. near, near the other shrines. Oh yeah. Uh, I just found it and just started whacking them with it. Oh no, my, my favorite thing to do is I'll run into the uh, the, the skeleton enemies. Mm-hmm. So first I'll do is I'll smack them and they'll fall apart and then I like take their weapon. So they like they get back up like, hey dude, I was using that. <laughs> so then I'll smack them again and then I'll take their arm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. dude, that's my arm, come on. Smacking the Stalpos with their own arm is hilarious. The arms are pretty ineffective in general, but it, it, it's just a joyous to try that out. And it's great, because like the thing is just like wriggling around as you put it on your back, and like surprise somebody hasn't made a fan comp with Link just running around, it's like, oh my god, who grabbed my butt? Who grabbed my, oh right, it's the skeleton, who who grabbed my butt? skeleton arm. <laughs> we could probably talk more Zelda eventually, but it's kind of, I'm happy that Chris, you finally got your hands on it. Yes. Um, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about regarding Switch games mm-hmm. for too long. They got some more first party stuff coming up pretty soon. We should have a Mario Kart episode. Let's get yeah. to what we've been building up to. Chris just groaned, and I'm not surprised because from the moment we've agreed to do this, he has been kind of reluctant for because of a specific aspect. Okay, look, we people, we're about to talk various versions of one of the most iconic like Japanese anime slash manga properties ever, which is a little thing called Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. So, from my understanding, it was originally a manga. Yeah. Uh, 
first adaptation and arguably the yeah I would say the most famous uh, in 1995 theatrical movie um, kind of one of the things that it was production IG who did the movies right yes and, and the and show I think production, uh, and I think uh, um, I think IG did the sh- um, this standalone yeah, they did, complex yeah, they did yeah. That. yeah. And this and is I like their bread and butter it kind of really helped establish them as a force to be reckoned with it was an adaptation that changed some things but had a lot of the same themes and aspects of the manga it was a big hit several years later it got a direct sequel and then it got a show TV anime called originally tell me out here standalone complex, standalone complex. Mm-hmm. and then a second season called second gig which the shows are a, a kind of their own continuity it's a reboot from the movie that's a uh, here's a bit closer to the manga in certain aspects yeah. mm-hmm. it also has recently gotten another rebooted series ghost in the shell arise yeah and mm-hmm. the big thing uh, at least in terms of u.s exposure is a recent quite controversial movie with uh, a live action adaptation with scar joe herself i mean honestly i mean the word controversial is such a strong word for such a mediocre movie to yeah be honest. we'll get to it we'll get to it did both of you start seeing this were you interested in the movie or the, the show or the manga i was in high school actually my ju- my freshman year of high school where i'm talking anime with one of my friends and we're like making new friends and it was band camp. This is a band camp story. No, no flutes were shoved up any anuses, but but this was this is still a band camp story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm talking to my friends and we're trying to get to know each other and we're thinking and I'm like, oh, anime, and I'm like, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z, and he's like, Ghost in the Shell, <laughs> and I'm like. What? Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> what is this ghost in the shell? The ghost in it. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Akira. Pokemon. 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 Sailor Moon. <laughs> Pokemon. Pokemon. And then I'm like, so, I'm, so this is like right before the age of the internet really getting super massive. Like it yeah. was pretty big, but this was before Wikipedia. So I'm like, she's naked a lot. Yeah. Let's watch there's it. No, there, there's no nipples. This <laughs> <laughs> is weird. She's not human, is she? So, so it was the movie for you, Colin? No, it was standalone complex. Oh, it was? Okay. And Chris, what was your first bit of Ghost in the Shell you watched? My first foray into Ghost in the Shell was actually the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid. Oh, it boy. came out like around 95, right? Yeah. I, I don't remember how I managed. I think it was from my older cousin, Alex, who was into anime and he was steadily bringing me into it. Mm-hmm. And I was liking what I saw. I was like, hey, these are cool, flashy action scenes I typically don't see. There are women with big boobs and no one seems to have a problem with it. I'm fine with this. Yeah. Um, the, the, the original Ghost in the Shell movie was, I think it was kind of an important movie in terms of exposure for anime in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say there like the no Matrix without it. Yeah. Oh, no. well, yeah. But what I'm getting at is I feel like we, we started to have a buildup of certain th- anime properties making a splash before stuff like Pokemon Deep Z really made it mainstream. Like, we had a cure oh, in the late oh, yeah. 80s. Absolutely. At the, <laughs> then time. the wrong things. I remember uh, Overfiend caused quite the stir for the wrong reasons. No, we're not talking about that. But there was Ghost in the Shell. I remember Ninja Scroll was kind of a big deal. And those when it was still yeah. very much being an underground thing, it was kind of building some exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell was definitely one of those, and so I think it still holds up a spot in many fans' hearts because of that. Though I also am betting many people were introduced to it when Adult Swim started running Standalone Complex. That's yeah. yeah, that's right. I was anime was starting to really make its way into America by that point to yeah. really like get a foothold. And my cousin Alex was already about that, but I was like, I was slowly getting into it. I uh, Dragon Ball would show up 
on WB50 here in, I'm here in the DC area, like super early in the morning mm-hmm. on Saturdays. And I would catch it every so often, but I would really get up for was Saturday anime on Sci-Fi Channel. And I may have mentioned this before. Yeah. And they would show like Project Aiko. They would show Tenchi Muyo and Love the Movie. Mm-hmm. That's one of the uh, first anime DVDs I ever bought. Yeah, that, that was fun. And as a kid, I'm like, this is new. This is great. Mm-hmm. And slowly I got, um, I was introduced to like uh, other series like Ninja Scroll and Fatal Frame. <laughs> Fatal, Fatal Frame? Frame. Fatal, Fatal Fury. Fury. Yeah. Fatal yeah. Fury. Fatal Frame was something different. They're both games. So I'm getting into anime and then Ghost in the Shell happens. Yeah. And as a kid, I'm like, I cannot process this. <laughs> there is an invisible woman jumping off a building, hacking into a people's brains. And that's just the beginning. Naked. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, but, uh, I'm like, and I'm like, this is so far over my head and there was so much visual information i have never seen anything like that before like even besides akira there's some uh, visual similarities too i feel in terms oh of absolutely it, it and actually man i i wanted to say i always hear about when sci-fi used to show anime back pre-boom and i'm so sad i missed out on that because i do have a soft spot for like unearthing those really uh, kind of obscure 80s and 90s films yeah. video things sometimes you find some really neat stuff in there and that's, oh, yeah. that, no, that sounds like i was all about that for yeah a they were a haven for that some bad but also some really good but for me i think i did hear of ghost of shell back when it first came out but i didn't really watch it i do remember um they did a ps1 game to coincide with the movie. Yeah. Um, I still never played it, but I remember seeing uh, magazine ads for it, and then I saw the cover, and we'll get more into the major, but I swear, I looked at the cover of that PS1 game, which is her in this tight leather outfit covered in wires, and I was like, is this some sort of S&M? Granted, I didn't, I didn't know what S&M was when I was eight, but if I did, that's what I would have assumed but it was. Like, it was. It's, it's like, this is adult. I can recognize that it's adult. I don't understand what it means, but I recognize and definitely. it. And, and the main yeah. cover for the original movie is also her, basically, topless from the shoulder up, kind of. I we're, did, making a, we're making a ton of titty references, which is all for it, me, don't get me wrong. It comes with the territory. Yeah, it does, but... Even as a kid, when I was looking at Ghost in the Shell and I'm seeing all this crazy gobbledygook happening, I don't get it. But as a kid, like I knew that there was something much deeper going yeah. on mm-hmm. with this movie. And I was, it was that's so funny. But the thing is, I was finally, I finally exposed myself to Ghost in the Shell when I was in college, like around the time I met both you guys. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I was doing Netflix on DVD during like their heyday of that, and I was just checking out anime left and right, some really shitty stuff, but also some cool stuff. Uh, and I checked out that the movie, and I don't think it left that much of an impact on me either way because I only vaguely remembered a few elements of it and because of that I never really checked out much more of it and I, I take full responsibility for what I'm about to say now I still for this episode all I did was wa- rewatch the first movie and then check out the first episode of uh, Standalone Complex so I'm not going to have quite as much to say but I think it'll be neat to discuss it further th- th- so mm-hmm. even though we have all these different adaptations and reboots one general constant is the setting cast and concept which is this is straight up cyberpunk like near future yeah. Japan focus on like some elite police Police force section nine, right? Mm. Yeah, and it's a world where robotics has become very commonplace, commonplace, and and just you know you, you expect it. Mm. It's you ranging from people with certain biotic or robotic implants or limbs or even full bodies to yeah. uh, to just full on robot who come mm-hmm. in all shapes mm-hmm. and sizes. And our main character is I wrote down her name Major, major Motoko Kusanagi, mm-hmm. and also I'm just going to call her the major going forward. Oh no, I'm going to be very specific about the Motoko because uh, the the mere Killian's not. Not gonna stick. Okay. Nope, never gonna stick. I was just gonna call her major. That's fine. Yeah, okay. she's someone who I think 
I think she might be exhibit A of like badass anime female leads because she's very good at her job. But the, the interesting thing about her and how it kind of ties into because the, the series gets just generally get philosophical about where humanity and technology intersect and the diff- how what works about them and what doesn't and where the possibilities. So I, cause I, I Googled, I wasn't sure about the majors because they go into like, there's a lot of robotics to her. And I was like, is she a hundred percent robot? Does she have, <laughs> and I looked it up. Basically she is a human, but at this point, the only parts left of her that are organic are her brain and her spine. Um, yep, she's a brain in a robot body. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the idea was she was injured as a child and they transferred her consciousness, basically. Hashtag robot titties. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's maybe that's why. But no, the reason she doesn't have nipples in that is because she's wearing a camo, a skin-tight suit for camo. It's, got, it's the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter. It turns her invisible. Does she basically. also breathe through her skin? Uh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, who's that guy uh, uh, who did that? The Metal Gear? Uh, Kojima. Um, uh, Motherfucker, Kojima. That's his name. name. <laughs> uh, that is not. That is not character design. That is. That's lazy. That's straight up. Oh, lazy. quiet! You're talking about quiet. Yeah, that was that was stupid. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that with the major, but uh, oh no, I'm facetious. Hmm. We, we we know that she's in skin tight, naked, invisible suit because robot titties. And because it actually turned invisible sometimes. But actually, I do want to get into uh, going, jumping from watching the first movie to standalone Clawback. It was interesting how much the the movie apparently has a very different interpretation of the major than general other things because uh, her face in the movie is much less traditional pretty woman and kind of just cold. She Her eyes have a very creepy look to them in a way. Mm-hmm. And she's also very – she doesn't show many emotions in it. I think – Part of that is the is the unfortunate nature to sort of exaggerate. Um, the word I want to use is importantize things, but that's not actually a word. But to make things feel more important and more significant than they actually are. Because mm-hmm. in the manga, they're they're a beat unit. Like they're not unique and they're not special or anything like that. Yeah. Like the major, just like oh, I'm just an excuse for uh, what's the guy's name? Um, beat Takashi. No, the uh, the the writer of, of uh, Ghost in the Shell. Masumi Shiro. Yeah, Shiro to be like hmm. Hot ladies, robots, transhumanism. Okay, blah, 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 not, blah, blah, blah. not a joke. I was looking at Wikipedia. Apparently, in the manga, because the show doesn't go into her sexuality much. I think in the manga she's confirmed to be like bi. And there's a part where she has a lesbian orgy, and apparently in cyberspace. Yeah, no, no, just with other girls. And Shira was quoted as saying, "I did this as lesbian because I didn't want to draw a bunch of man butts." You didn't hear. You you, you can't see it, but I've come so much closer to the camera right now. I've got that came, get on this. That came out really wrong, actually. Actually, but I am I am now several feet closer than I was before. That's what <laughs> <it's been. laughs> But yeah, no, like um, and I uh, really a lot of Shiro Masamune's work is like this. I mean, even Appleseed is basically an excuse for him. Yeah, to he did do that over. too. Like, look at look at this rabbit man. Mm-hmm. Look how cool this rabbit man is. <laughs> look how cool you could be if you were this rabbit man. And look at this hot chick. Look at this hot <laughs> army chick. Um, but um, like um, with uh, with the movies, it's the major is the first of her kind, and she's special. Because she can hang out with dudes and not be attracted to any of them. Well, I don't really get that from Ghost in the Shell, the movie. Was that? No, I mean, but she, I mean, it, they, they play it so much more serious, like the events and the the, uh, the things that they get into. Mm-hmm. It's not like a day in the life of the major. Are it's you like, talking about the original movie or the re- live action version? Really all of them. Okay. As a whole, it's like they, they take it, they treat it much more seriously than the source yeah. material, which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I, that's the reason. I want to finish what I was talking about with the major because I want you guys to let loose this point because you're obviously 
you, I think you know more We're about gearing this. up. But um, <laughs> just going into the differences sh- the, uh, between the versions, the major, so like I said, I mentioned her face, but the I watched the first episode of Stalin Complex. She has much more of a brash personality there, kind of, you know, you're a rebel kind of thing. Like, the old police chief wasn't yelling that to her, but she was almost going against her word at the beginning. She's a little more humorous. She has a little bit more of a human side to her. And also, I did watch the movie and the show dubbed. Is The movie, they, the actress they got for her, she didn't do much else and I could see why. She just wasn't that good. But they got someone else for the show and she actually brought some life to it. Though, well, the, for, the, for the show, it was Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, I mean, also with the show, you have a, a full season to to do uh, to get all your quirks in and out. And it came yeah. a decade later when anime dubbing had already gotten a lot better. Though they did yeah. keep two actors from the movie. The behold boss, Aramaki, I think his name is. Yeah. Who, I looked like I up. He's like legitimately like 80 years old. So he knows his stuff. And Bateau, who's probably a, a people's other favorite character, who's kind of like his uh, the major's right-hand guy and 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 work. It's actually a guy named uh, Richard Epcar. Who, if you look him up, he's he was one of the villains in Digimon. Ah. He took over for Billy Zane for Ansem in Kingdom Hearts. And what's cemented? Oh, he was also the Joker in Injustice. Um, I'm guessing he's coming back because I just confirmed the Joker for Injustice too. And the one yeah, dear to my heart, he voiced the lead character in one of my all-time favorite shows, Bo 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 Bo. Oh, you lost me there. The one with the crow? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, lost me there. Yep. Someday, I'm picking that, that was, man. I'm that picking that. Dark time. I, I love it. If it makes uh, you feel any better, he was Ichigo's spirit sword in Bleach. Oh, that doesn't make me feel any better, actually. <laughs> I didn't watch he, that much he's Bleach. A, he's, a, he's a legit good actor, and so I think there's a reason he and the chief were kept when they... Uh, That's cool. Had to do but, okay. Also, Bato is the only other interesting character in that series. In Bleach? No, Ghost. Bato <laughs> is the best character in Bleach. They crossed over, and it was great. Um... <laughs> No, but I want you guys to start going because I was just talking about my uh, impressions of how the major is interpreted in different ways. But, like, what do you want to focus on first? The movies, the show? Yes. Uh, let's talk about the movies since we're on them. We can kind of go back I, let's and forth with the, the show. Let's, and let's save the ScarJo version for last because that's its own can of worms. Let's uh, let's save the what for last? Save Good the live luck. action version for last. That's going to be its own can of worms, I feel. Okay. All right. As far as the movie was concerned, I have to be uh, – like I said before, uh, I didn't get the movie as a kid. When we talk about standalone complex, the mm-hmm. actual show, and it started coming on Toonami where I could actually catch it, you know, I sat down with it for, for a few minutes. You know what? I was still like – I'm still rather bored. Well, also, <laughs> how old were you when you uh, this happened? Uh, when that finally happened, I was like 18, 19. Well, I mean, but you're still in that range where, like, the the headier topics of philosophy and transhumanism, you're like, not yet. Get to the punching. Yeah, that's what I want. I wanted. I came to Adult Swim for my Inuyasha Kagome. Mm-hmm. I I watch anime for my Dragon Ball Z, and when when is Trunks gonna go Super Saiyan two or whatever? But that doesn't mean I didn't see anything or I didn't get anything from Standalone well, Complex because the I phil- think, yeah because the philosophical nature of Ghost in the Shell, what it means to bond with machines as a human becoming more in line with technology as well, and, technology evolves. And of course, the idea that if you are just as editable as the machines, well, does that make you, what, what makes you human? Yeah. Like, that very you, much plays into the first movie once you find out what the main villain, the puppet master, his deal yeah, is yeah. and his goal. Don't, those themes are what stuck with me for Ghost in a Shell. I may not have been able to understand them as, as a younger kid. Hell, I don't really understand a lot of it even as an adult. Mm-hmm. But 
the basic necessities of it, of Ghost in the Shell being what they are, I don't feel they come they come across in later, well, in our current interpret um, yeah. in, um, iteration here in the West. Um, well, we'll and, get to that in a second. Yeah, yeah. but, the, but uh, the, that's the that's the thing that made it special, and that's the thing that resonated with a lot of its core audience. I think well, not just the uh, not just the major um, a major is this woman who's badass and can roll with the big boys. I didn't. I never got that. Mm-hmm. It, it, even though it was rather boring as a kid, I I still never got that as um, as someone watching the show. Well, for me, like you know how they say that there's an audience for everything, and so everything needs to like there's a spectrum of niche to mainstream. Mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell for me was very far on that niche um that niche uh thing of. We this exists to explore those themes, explore those ideas. If you want your if you want your badass gun battles, okay, wait a few episodes, we'll give them to you. Mm-hmm. But we really want to explore this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was like, <laughs> oh, the headiness. There are a lot blah, of blah, blah 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 blah. I'm gonna go watch something else. I feel like there are a lot of franchises who either be like, we're gonna focus on the characters, we're gonna focus on action, or we're gonna focus on a mix of both. Ghost mm-hmm. in the Shell kind of feels like. We're all about the concepts and ideas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine. And that was that was fine then. That is actually absolutely necessary now. And that key point is, I think, a problem with what the live action movie, as we, we're going to come up and come into later on. Yeah, the the basic philosophy of Ghost in the Show, which uh, which I do like. I think that's something that's lost. Uh, yeah. When we get, when we get the down main complaint to I'm hearing about the movie is its weightier aspects are not there. Yeah. And so um, the first movie and the second movie, that, that what really messed with my head with the second movie was that the major being not the main character of that. It's mm-hmm. all about but Bateau, the, right? Yeah. But not just that, but the idea that she is an AI more or less at this point. And she's, she is commandeering all these prostitute bots to to be an action person. That was weird. Was that happened in that movie? Not yeah. as weird as it's not as weird as the end of the first movie where she gets her head placed on like a kid goth body. Yeah, that was that was strange. I don't know where they were going with that. It I, was simple. Her body got blown up, and Bateau sneaks her away and says, "This is all I could find on the black this market." This is all I could find oh, on the no. black market. I, I, I don't want to know. Black market for that though. Well, one, <laughs> I know exactly. What I know exactly but why? And two, because Japan. <laughs> It's thematic. It's a reset. It's, oh, it's a reset yeah. back to childhood, and she gets to she gets to she is grow up and live her life. Her last her last lines touch on the fact that she's kind of become a new person. It it's very much vision in Age of Ultron, where it's like I'm neither Jarvis nor the Stone. I'm something new. She's like I'm not it's, quite the major. I'm not quite the puppet master. I'm something new. It's thematic, even if it is for pervy reasons. Okay, because right. I don't have that kind of faith in humanity. <laughs> at least, at least I believe in the second movie. She's moved on to adult bodies. Well, exactly, and that's that's crazy to me because I'm like, well, shit, is she still human? Was she ever human? Her brain was. You don't know. <laughs> These are the questions you should be asking. Yeah. And you know, coming from you know a, a traditional Western mindset, you kind of want some clarity, which is why I kind of think this our ScarJo version of Ghost in the Shell changed what it did, changed what it changed, and um, towards the ending. I, I think it didn't want to be as smart as it could have been, mm-hmm. but at the same time, wanted to be smarter than it actually was. Mm, it's like we're gonna make this dumb for American people. Oh. The American people can't pronounce Matoko Koko Toko Toko Gugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugugug
Okay. And it, it, again, it's, it's like it's like how like we have to actionize um um hero names in um in the West. So it's like uh Mark uh what's his what's Vin Diesel's actual name? Mark something or other becomes Dominic Toretto. Wait, Vin Diesel's not his real name? No. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, yeah. Holy I'm, shit! I'm gonna look up his real name. But like Dominic Toretto. Mark Sinclair. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I know The Rock isn't really named The Rock, even though I want his real name to okay, be. Okay, Vin Diesel. <laughs> it's like Dominic Toretto is a plausible name for a person. Yeah. In theory, mm-hmm. the odds yeah. of some person maybe okay Toretto last name fine, but John Christopher. Not Dominic. Fuck you. It's not Dominic. His real name, guys. I looked it up. His real name is Mark Sinclair. Mark Sinclair. That's still an actor name. It's an actor name, but it's not an action hero name. Like I don't know something like Jason Statham. I hear that last name. Like that sounds cool. Sinclair. It's like no. But But, um. um, Okay. You know what? I'm actually thinking we should talk about the movie a little. uh, The live action movie a bit. I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. So um, or like uh, like Dominic Toretto. It's not a. That's not a name. Yes, Katie. it is. Kate Yeager. Kate Yeager. Okay, maybe, possibly, your last name is Yeager. Mm. Fine. Your parents named you Kate? Fuck you. You're getting teased every day for the rest of your life because your parents were such pretentious fucks. So um, there are legitimately some people who are named Cade. No, I absolutely get that. We know one personally. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is oh, that... Oh, I hope he listens to this episode. <laughs> here is a here is a name that should sound mundane that should be mundane. Mm-hmm. It's trying to be mundane, but it's not mundane because the odds of the, those two names lining up together is astronomically Slim. infinitesimal. Okay. So it's, it's the same deal with Mira Killian. I get what you're saying. It's it's more for marketing purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mira Killian. I'm sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> well, but um, so are, we, are we ready to uh, are we ready to let the uh, let the water loose on this dam? We're breathing into that a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's, um, what, what else do you want to talk about regarding the animated movies or, or series? Uh, they're pretty. They're very pretty. <laughs> um, although what's actually kind of interesting to me, going back and they watching the first o- the openings for the for the first few ones, is like the the standalone complex. If you go back and watch the original one, my God, 3D has come such a long way. Yeah. Are you talking about the opening theme song? Because that's also pretty dated. The video, not like the this. not the music, the, yeah, the video. Yeah, it really has. Like that, the the song itself for Standalone Complex. Like I remember. Oh, oh man, pretentious I would, Russian. I would love that shit. It was great. It was. Oh, I'm I like, got something no, to talk at, about regarding songs later. But but looking at the CG, like it's it was like man, that's that was a time. It looks <laughs> like and I, I, like, I get that she's scene. supposed to be a robot, but she looks like a robot. She looks like a doll. <laughs> And that's not, I know that's not actually intentional. That's just like, that's how far the 3D had come at that point. Yeah, yeah. we um, technology has, I mean, we're talking about Ghost in the Shell and we're talking about how far technology has come. Yeah, see what right? we did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it did I, predict it, that we were all gonna be able to really easily connect to each other wirelessly. We know, already are. <laughs> I mean, that's yes, what I'm saying. Already, but the way, this, and this goes into politics, so we're gonna, I'm gonna like say my piece and then cut it short. Okay. We're not gonna do that. Mm. What, people, that, that deep of communication? Yeah, we're not going to do that. Paranoia is going to get the better of us. The wrong people are going to try and take advantage of it. And even if with the right people saying, hey, this is something cool that we can do, there's always going to be some idiots who's going to, there's going to be a bunch of idiots who say, you make that for us. We're not going to give you the money. You have to figure that out on your own time. It's not, it might happen. It's not happening within our lifetime. Don't you ruin my dreams for me. Hey, if I don't get to have my flying Jetsons card, you don't get to have your your hot cyborg um, if, if police J- lady body. If Japan can make a ho- tiny holographic wife 
for some mook down in Japan. Or a robot that looks like each other's brain. You have a real wife! I'm not talking about me having a holographic wife. <laughs> you have a real wife! I was using it as an example, but I'm saying I'm saying in um uh, for <laughs> I'm saying in lieu of... She's giving me the side I'm answer. sure she is. Thank you very much. This for review has gone in some amazing directions. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all for like the advancements of technology and what they mean for us as a civilization. But you mm-hmm. do bring up a good point. When politics are involved, as, um, as, hap- as what happens in Ghost in the Shell... It's very involved. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it Even just it, it gets very sticky very quickly. And not only does it get sticky, but like it relies on the public wanting to invest in that way. Mm-hmm. I have trouble getting my mom to to learn how to turn her computer on and off again, mm-hmm. and she does not. She doesn't have any interest in changing. Just speaking on a personal note that I forgot to throw in in my intro, I do an animated comic book called The Crimson Fly. Oh yeah, we can plug that at the end for sure. Mm-hmm. Um um, but like with the user interface. The kids, they jump all over that. They just tap things until things work. The adults stare at it for 10 minutes and go, oh, Wednesday how does stuff. this work? Why isn't it moving on and its own? On a, and if you multiply that by a billion or however many people there are on this planet, maybe maybe out of that, out of that billions of people, a few million make those pushes. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me wonder when we're all like, Old fogies. What's the technology that we're not gonna be able to figure out? What's that gonna be? Um, shoot, I can't imagine it. Yeah, but I, I, mean, that's parents, I honestly can't imagine being in a car that drives itself. Yeah, I'm going to wait until those kind of things have a very good safety record. Yeah, well, and they will never have one, or even a flying cars for that matter. Mm. I don't need. I don't need a flying car because what happens if it breaks down on you in the air? <laughs> well, exactly, because like a flying car, like a regular car. Okay, you maybe just, a hover car. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you, you slow down and you bail for a little bit. Flying car. Well, better hope you pack the parachute. Goodbye. <laughs> Hover car's fine. If it's like, but um. Well, they're talking about it. Apparently. But it's just like people as a whole, society can't just rely on those two or three, and that's part of the reason why I think Apple um killed uh, the the headphone jack for their headphones, and they said you're gonna do Bluetooth or, or you're just not gonna have one on our phones, because they recognize that if given half the choice, people would regress to what the to uh to their um to their what's comfortable for them. You see it with the headphones on Apple. You see it with motion controls in video games. Hell, you even see it with the type of media that we watch, where it's like, oh, by the way, guess what? Here's Iron Man with magic hammers. Here's Iron Man with magic. Here's Iron Man, but he's a thief. Here's Iron Man, but he's Superman instead. Oh, and so then goes in the shell. <laughs> so like people are very comfortable with these with their things and so in terms of tech I would love to believe it mm-hmm. though we might eventually get to a ghost and shell thing even if the implications of like things like the puppet master and stuff like the, that scares the shit out of me yeah yeah I'd love to believe that we'd get there but well, not anytime soon even if we're just not speaking about like all the consciousness type things I mean we're already I think we're already on the path to all the biotic implant type stuff becoming commonplace once technology and finance catch up to it. Well, not only that, but just like in terms of user interface and stuff like that, like every time I'm on a traditional laptop, I have to remind myself not to touch the screen yeah. because mm-hmm. my, per, my my two computers have touch screens. Yeah. Or they're, in the show also does a thing, at least in uh, the show, where characters can just pop up a, a screen projection anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the one, one of the other important characters, can't remember his name, but he's the other important male member of Section 9. And he's the, movie, the human guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah with longer hair. Yeah. yeah. In the movie, he's talking oh, to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the movie, he's talking to the major where they're on, about to do a chase. Like, 
um, man, I kind of envious of all that stuff you have. And she's like, no, you know what? I think he only has like a few implants. And she's like, no, yeah. you know what? This that kind of thing is important because if we were to ca- go on like go against a hacker or someone who could like influence all our systems, we'd be shit out of luck. It's important mm-hmm. to have a diverse team to be able to stand up against different threats. But I mean, let's just like like and even then, we're talking from a place of we all live on the East Coast, where a lot of that stuff, even if we can't afford it, we're able to be aware of it. Most like half of America doesn't have that option and half of America is still better than uh, at least places. 50% of the world Yeah. in terms of like in terms of advancement in terms so, of general stature love to believe it would it could happen probably not in our life probably at the very tail end of our lifetimes then again I didn't think I was going to get Super Mario World in my in, in, on, a, on a Game Boy so that happened all I want to do is be able to be able to talk to my wife on my way home and be able to say hey sweetie uh, what do you want to eat? And just have like a nice conversation without moving my mouth. <laughs> your real wife, not your holographic wife. Yes, my real wife. <laughs> not my holographic. I don't want a holographic wife. <laughs> I'm just you. saying because you brought this up. I didn't, yeah, I, yeah. I was a sample. Sli- you Freudian slip, up, Chris. It was on your mind. <sighs> Say that again, John. Freudian slip. Yeah, Freudian slip. That's the thing. Yeah. Yes, subconsciously he wants to hold. No, no. A coworker got me got me sounding like, oh, some guy just sent me. Yeah, I hope Serena some, is a coworker just sent me this video, and I was like, that's something shitty. Let me share it with everybody else. It just came to mind. I love this because on your TV tropes page, secret fetishes, holographic wife. I don't have a secret fetish for holographic wife. Uh, oh, you know one thing. Getting back to the aesthetics of Ghost in the Shell, I think a lot of people have obviously drawn comparisons to uh, Blade Runner, which also takes some of the concepts with. And here's, I think this is what I'm about to say is going to ruin my credibility as a cinema lover. I really don't like Blade Runner. I finally saw it like two, three years ago and was bored out of my mind. Yeah, that's totally cool. Oh, Citizen Kane puts me to sleep after the fire. Yeah, and I like Citizen Kane. Same here. A lot of film buffs like to uh, like to bring up Citizen Kane, and you know, I mm-hmm. studied it in school, and you know, there are there there are obvious things that you can pick up from it that they teach you technically to do within film, but as of Coming from like uh, a modern, uh, coming coming from a dirty old millennial <laughs> who loves film, uh, I look at Citizen Kane and I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this again. But it's, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with Blade Runner. It's totally cool to be bored with by it. Yeah, and I thought its its philosophies weren't handled as well as something like Ghost in the Shell. It's a very kind of meandering and sometimes pretentious for the sake of it feeling film. Though I think I'm definitely in the minority, and there's just something I'm missing because that is a that well, actually, I have I have read that movie wasn't popular when it first came out, but people warmed up to it over time to the point that we're now getting a sequel this year. Well, and I think a lot of that is just that um, at the time, just like how we can't imagine the the future, the technologies of the future, um, and even just the filmmaking techniques of the future, that back in 1970-something, mm-hmm. Ridley, like like Ridley Scott couldn't figure that out stuff out either. I mean, it, it took like it took Blade Runner, it took Ghost in the Shell, it took um, Johnny Mnemonic, it took uh, um, Matrix. Well, no, as I was leading up to that, mm-hmm. it took all of those to lead up to the Matrix, and even the Matrix got some stuff got wrong. some things right and some mm-hmm. things wrong. Like, remember that super awesome phone that's like, Pachink! yeah, and I'm like, what is who, this who does that? Who does oh, that? Oh, flip phone. How quaint. Yeah. <laughs> um, Buttons on your phone. How quaint. Yeah, there's there's a lot of implications and a lot of thought that goes behind mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell that think um, that makes you wonder, like, where is technology going to move us as a society? Because mm-hmm. there are things that. Those are things that for those of us who are always connected, like we can't imagine not being connected like at yeah. all. Like some, like, that. like some of these devices that we have 
when they met, what uh, Nintendo is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. When I had, when I got the Wii U, the Wii U is a good system. At least I think it didn't really market well, mm-hmm. and it I sold like terribly. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, there are games that I legitimately love, but oh, yeah. every time I pick up a Wii U, and now that we're in the age of we can take monitors with us every single day. When I got the Wii U, and I couldn't move any further to my living room, I thought, why aren't we doing? Why aren't you doing this yet? Because I can go play it in the bathroom. I can play. Well, I can, I want to play it in the bathroom. That's why I'm picking it up. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, why aren't we there yet? When we when we see a piece of technology that is missing something inherent or that seems common sense, we lose our shit. And then and Nintendo how, went, okay, Chris, here's the Switch. Yeah, they went, here's the Switch, and now every, and, and, and now everything's hunky-dory. Everything's hunky-dory until they fail again. Did you um, read <laughs> about Mario Kart Deluxe's sales on Amazon? Yeah. Apparently, well, Amazon yeah. is saying it is the best-selling game of the entire year. Oh wow, that is right. insane! In a year with like That's, Horizon and all this stuff, Mario Kart Eight is doing nuts. Much, on, I wonder how much they were paid to say that. Yeah. I'm just gonna give you a side eye until you pick it up. I'm not getting Mario Kart. Okay, okay. <laughs> side note. All right, so um, we're we're talking about technology. We're talking about like um, about some points of redundancy. But when I when Nintendo decides to create Mario Kart Eight for sixty dollars for your yep. um, from your wallet, mm-hmm. and then release a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for $60 again, no I'm like, I, I've already paid for this game. Yeah. I, but there are new items and new and, 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 and new battle modes. And the graphics are sparkly. I'm like, yes, that's all well and good. And you're and Link and they're like, there's new characters and, and shit. Links and all that jazz. Yeah. yeah, those are the only new ones. Link was DLC on Wii U. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's yeah. been included, um, so you don't have to, like, go out and buy the DLC. Oh, they part. always do that with remasters. Like, here's the old DLC built in. I've, I've, it, I've it, done... It, it, I, I think it's for you. It's, it's less that they're doing that and more that the window is so freaking short. Yeah. Uh, but, like, if, if it was, like, a, like a five years or ten years, you'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. But this kind of technology is, like, it's ten so... Years, I'd want more new content in it. But, uh, but technology, software, hardware, or whatever, this shit is so young and people want to capitalize off of it so quickly and so fast that at the same time, it leaves consumers like, either you buy it or it leaves people like Colin who are wondering, why haven't you gotten it yet? And I'm like, because I already paid for it. Well, also because just like the holographic wife that I'm never going to forget, You're I just love I love your reactions to this, to this bullshit. I don't understand how Do you we... just come up with an example and you just won't leave it alone. Do you if you watch Archer? That's amazing. I guarantee you, somebody's gonna rewatch this and be like, "This is hilarious." This is not. <laughs> have either of you watched Archer? Um, no. I There's a character that. on it, a scientist who has created a hologram anime wife for himself. I am not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, back on on Ghost. Jesus of- Christ! Yeah. How much of this Ghost in the Shell review has been about Ghost in the Shell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. It's okay. We've gotten some interesting directions. But yeah, it's Colin. But Go ahead. I hate change. If it's, if it'll make you feel any better, this is probably the only time I will ever I will ever make a running joke out of Jesus this. Jesus Christ! But um, like on Ghost in the Shell, with the idea of like um, what's his face again? Uh, the guy's name? Pato? Um, no, no, the the author. Oh, Masamune Shiro. Shiro, he threw a whole bunch of concepts into the ether, and I'm just like. I just want I just want to have a lesbian orgy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but, those, but then everybody's but then production idea was like, well, holy shit! What if you could hack a human? Yeah. And then the Matrix was like, well, holy shit! What if everything was virtual reality? And Mass Media shows in the corner is like, what? What? I'm over here. With <laughs> the director of the anime movies is a guy named uh, Mamoru Oshii, who I believe has something of a pedigree um, in yeah. terms of yeah, stuff he's done. He's a director, anime director. Yeah, he's been at it for a while, and so I guess he and whoever else was key writers and stuff were like, let's let's do something concrete with this. 
and because they, they take it seriously mm-hmm. and they're also not afraid of their audience no like i mean our reactions to the tv show mm-hmm. are exactly why they why the the movie does not live up to its potential yeah that's exactly it when i was being the kid who was sufficiently bored by ghost in the shell as a series and as a movie th- never minding how great that they are and how much i could i could actually appreciate them on a service level mm-hmm. still came across as boring for my you know for my dumb 15 year old 18 year old brain i mean it speaks to a point where it's like all uh, where like uh, all the promos remember that one scene from the anime here it is in live action and i'm like but it was better when it was it stylized was, in anime we already had it well not even that we already it's the same had. argument you can make for all the disney remakes yeah well not just not just that but it, it speaks to actually this we're gonna tie this into your name um it speaks to like remember when i was saying your name did, doesn't need to be animated mm-hmm. yeah here's where i, I go back that. on that mm-hmm. and say the emotions that the characters, the emotions that exaggeration, the exaggeration of animation and illustrated design bring to uh, bring to characterization, mm-hmm. you can't get that if you just do it in live action. Mm-hmm. The major scene, the the when the major breaks that guy's arm uh, in, invisibly in the pool. Yeah. It's impressive, not simply on a technical level, but because the the stylization of the poses means that everything comes across so much more starkly that you you get it. The vicious uh, the viciousness of the action. That was one of the few moments medium. I did remember from my initial viewing. Like, yeah. um, I think that whole chase is done really well with the trucks and right through the market and yeah. invisible or same thing fight with in the, the water. Um, with the uh, the assault on the diplomats when she's uh, when she's invisible. It's not just that she's invisible and it's a technical feat that's, that even a plebe can understand uh, how difficult it is in animation. It's the idea that, oh, wow, this is like this is this ethereal ghost woman mm-hmm. who is popping in, popping out, and where will popping she start next? Oh, no. But when, she, when you see ScarJo kind of like running on walls, Matrix style, it's like, oh, well, she's seen- on wires. Yeah. Woo! Ghost in the Shell 2017 didn't come across as the cyber warrior, um, cyber warrior action flick that it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It came off as another sci-fi, uh, another yeah. action film mm-hmm. that happens to have ScarJo. By all counts, it came off as very generic. Yeah, it was incredibly generic. And it's not the fact that I respect the fact that they did make changes uh, to make the story at least a little bit more digestible. Mm-hmm. But creative changes are not creative risk. And that's where I draw the line. You yes. risk becoming I, very standard. Most irritating things about Ghost in the Shell 2017 was how far they scaled back on what this world is. Sure, they gave you these ho- giant holographic projections mm-hmm. of the city, and yeah, uh, Bato's eyes got blown out of his body, and now he can see ScarJo give him the finger. You know mm-hmm. that. The, and now, and now he's got the anime eyes. Now, now, happy that, fans. Yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah. And, and that stuff is yeah, that's surface level detail. When you get to the point where some of the most iconic shots just feel like fluff and not substance, that's where it kind of gone wrong. Yeah, something's gone wrong. Cause it, there, there, yeah. well, there's this one shot in the original, and I, I'm going to try very hard not to compare the original to uh, Gets 2017, but this will be one of my few um, fewer times. There's a shot in the original where there is a politician or some some guy, yeah. some some white guy. Yeah. He's he's twiddling away on the keyboard, but yeah. before he does. The camera closes in on his hands, mm-hmm. and his hands jut out with multiple other yes. metal fingers. Just, yeah. It's and so just... fucking. It's so fucking surprising. But in Gets 2017, you see a woman doing it on a keyboard, mm-hmm. but it's not a close up. It's 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 more of a mid shot, and then it pans to the woman, so you can see that it's actually her before a car hits him. Mm-hmm. And it's done so frivolously 
Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that there's so much work that goes into it. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the care that goes into that kind of shot direction. The, the and emotional what it, impact. Yeah. Not so much the effects as the way it's set up. Yeah, well, it, it, there's that, but it's it's what it means. Mm-hmm. It, not so much as how do you feel about ScarJo's feelings when she's uh, on that when she's juggling being a robot and being uh, and being human. It's it's about the connection between um, being yeah. human, or if you're a robot. Never mind it being Scarlett Johansson. Well, because okay. here's, here's a I'm gonna draw another comparison. You watch Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and you're like, my God, Henry Cavill is so boring as Superman. But mm-hmm. then you watch um, The Man from Uncle, and you're like, holy shit, he's Superman. The Man from who? Man from Uncle. Man the from remake Uncle? they did. Yeah. He a, oh. Yeah. Okay. No, not the Robert Vaughn one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually don't think Henry Cavill's acting in Superman is bad. It's just they don't, they don't get the character or anything to well, do. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. You gotta, gotta let me finish. Okay. Um, it's the same deal, like you said, with ScarJo. Mm-hmm. You listen to her and Lucy, and you're like, oh, she can play that hybrid. Yeah. And she can play that that person who is confused about their identity and on the verge of technology. And wait, I said Lucy. I meant her. Um, her? Lucy was apparently another bad movie. The movie Her. We're she's just, great in Her. She, she's okay. just a voice, but she's so... You you get her, and I and like as the major, with better writing, she would have done that. Like mm-hmm. devoid of all the like real world politics that make me so angry about her being casted. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In an ideal world, she's a great major with decent yeah. writing. Yeah. Aside from her race, I think aside from her race, I think she's a good fit. But the script I mean, they gave her apparently didn't let that happen. You know, are we are we going to get into this conversation at this point? Yeah, I guess we are. Okay, let's let's, let's get this. Yeah, let's get this out of the way because this is what why Chris was very hesitant to to uh, talk about this. But let's just get this out of the way, Colin. Go uh, warning: social justice warriors attack social <laughs> justice warriors. It's, yeah, it's just more about equality than anything it just, else. It just, let me just set it up for those who aren't aware. The big controversy over this and certain other adaptations like The Last Airbender and stuff um, was that. The major is very clearly an Asian Japanese woman in the original. Uh, ScarJo is not, so that drew some. Why didn't you cast an Asian actress? Complaints. Colin, go. Okay, so like with the major, um, it's set in Tokyo, right? And yeah, she's in a robot body, mm-hmm. but that. And this is where I can have like a ton of, of of like tangents of points. So we're gonna take these one at a time. Okay. Um, one, it's in Tokyo. And the, apparently the idealization is a white. Now, granted, you have to be, we're not Japanese, so nope. we can't speak to that. And from the few friends I do have, I do talk to who live in Japan, there is a, there is a fetishization of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's funny because um, they seem to hate America. Well, not, yeah, they might hate America, but they love white people. Okay. Two, the idea that the major is raceless and that her robot body sort of represents not anybody in particular but just a default yeah there's a problem with that scarjo is very clearly white she's not a default if she's a white person in japan you you, you know who's raceless oscar isaac because if Mm. i told you if i showed you a picture of oscar isaac could you on first glance tell me his ethnicity no he just did that movie the promise where he's armenian and i'm like i I can buy that uh similarly um was that dr octopus from spider-man 2 uh yeah yeah could you tell me his race off of, on first glance? No, no. Because that's what raceless means. It means that you you can't tell what that person is. They are a blend of everything, not the the race that the that the viewer is traditionally supposed to associate with. You can't just dye their hair blue, um, black and purple, and then try to pass her off as hey, she's actually half Japanese because she her mom was was Japanese. Is that what you do with her? <sighs> well, oh boy, there's a fun little twist. So we find I have out heard that, about the twist. Go ahead. That her name isn't actually Mira. She isn't actually Mira. 
murder Killian and your life wasn't horribly destroyed. No, she was a, teen, a, a Asian teenager named Matoko Kusanagi. Yep. So there you go, fans. We're not racist. We're not accidentally racist it's either. Kinda, There's no problems here because she's really actually that Japanese. That kind of makes it more racist. Yeah. <laughs> then you go like, can you just have stuck with that Japanese? It's, it's such a cop out. And actually, what I want to do right now is I also do. It almost want- would have been better if they didn't call attention to it in the movie. Well, exactly. Yeah. I want to dial us back a little bit from the racist, 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 ah, racist, yeah. racist, racist. The thing is, it's impact over intent. And if I'm shouting, please, please tell me to like dial it back. That's cool. I'll balance it out in the apartment. Um, <laughs> but like, um, the idea isn't so much that you didn't mean it. It's how do people um, who see what you've done take it? Mm-hmm. And if they're not taking it positively, then you need to apologize. It's all, or it's, you need to at least make a statement saying it's kind of an obliviousness. Um, that's exactly. the same reason that Pepsi ad caused so much trouble. They were like, "Oh, we did you look at it like that." Now, now here's the counter to this, and I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm totally on your point. I, do, I love how we're, you're playing devil's advocate to my devil's advocate. Yeah, um, because. Uh, Does that make you an angel's advocate? No, no, it doesn't make an angel's. <laughs> makes advocate. me a double agent. Wrongs do not make a right. It's it's obvious bullshit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you do have the fact that the creator was apparently okay with Scarlett Johansson's casting decision. Now that goes into what you said mm-hmm. about the, the Japanese culture liking white people, which yeah. is which apparently is a thing. Well, and also because they have the sort of alternate race, um, uh, the they have the alternate solution to not having a race problem. Mm-hmm. In America, we try to solve our race problem through integration, i.e. Mm-hmm. we stop having problems with each other. Japan solves their race problem by not having diversity Exclusion. in the first place. Yeah. So when they say, when we say, holy shit, that depiction of a black dude is racist, why don't you have more other people? They're like, Look around. Do you see any other any other races here? Yeah. But then again, that when the creator says that this is my product, this is what I made. Mm-hmm. I know my create. I know my creations best. I know my characters best. Mm-hmm. So I don't know and, other people that well. Yeah. <laughs> what, you, what, you look at Japan. You look at anime's history of black representation, and it's a bit better today. But well, well, uh, what, I'm, well what I'm saying is that the creator has out and out said that Scarlett Johansson is a good choice for this film. And when Ghost, um, when Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, and uh, um, and other chapters go about their business and say that her body parts are from Europe, mm-hmm. or that her brain is Japanese, but Major herself does mm-hmm. not identify as Japanese. Where do you go from there? Well, and that's where, unfortunately, we as um, Western um, Western observers, we step back and say that's not our that's not our bone to pick. Mm-hmm. If either if any of us was Asian American. Mm-hmm we could go further. Yeah. If any of us was Japanese or Korean or Chinese and this was like a, this was a Japanese podcast, mm-hmm. um, then we could go further. It's kind of yeah. like, you guys could go further if they made a black character white. Well, like, and I don't really have a leg to stand on. In any case, like, a, like oh a, no, poor John. I'm sorry. But John. like, um, it's okay. This is where, unfortunately, <laughs> where we step back. Like, I this actually happened to me la- um, last year when I was uh, game uh, PBS game show po- put out an episode asking why couldn't Link be a woman, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was I went all in because there really isn't any reason why Link couldn't be no, a, the, can't be a woman. Not really. No. Um, yeah. It was just said I, we don't want to. But yeah. a lot of my female friends said. Well, we like we like Dude Link. We like our eye candy, and that's and we like that it's in, that we like um we like playing as that character. And I was like, okay, well, this is where I bat out of the conversation because yeah. I cannot speak for you. Yeah, right. I cannot mansplain. Here's this. a good answer: Do like Pokemon and make you choose between a male and female Link. That's a good. It's point. not. It's not like you have to record sets of dialogue for each. Yeah. But the main point I want to bring this bring us back to before we get on a Pokemon and, and representation. <laughs> you know, Smash Brothers did this really well too. Mm. 
as Western observers, an Eastern product with the, where the Eastern creator has spoken out on what he said, what, uh, how he feels about it, regardless of how problematic we find it in a greater context, it is not our place to talk about that. See, that's that's where I slightly disagree. Here. Is that is that does that apply for stuff we made though? Because it's um, American and that's project. Where gets, that's where it gets very murky. Yeah. yeah, but that's where I also want to be careful because I also know that you guys have an audience of a lot of people yeah. and. I don't want to turn them off. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't really get super dark about it. But no, yeah. no, no. Oh, but these are these are very genuine issues that really hurt Ghost in the Shell 2017. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot of the creators behind that movie out and out wanted to blame like the anime market out there, mm-hmm. and that's a no go. Like mm-hmm. when anime fans see something and they clearly know what whitewashing is, then they'll out and out say so. And your job as as the director or as the producer is to listen and to make your product the best that it can be so you get more, so you can plant more seats in that theater mm-hmm. not for you to get up on your soapbox and play defense and stand by your film when it obviously was a fucking travesty here in the West. Well, and here's, and, and actually speaking of travesties, I want to go into something that's very interesting to me. Whoever would have been uh, Matoko Kusanagi in, um, in Ghost in a Shell if in an ideal world ScarJo were not cast? Mm-hmm. That actress hypothetically dodged a bullet. Probably the movie I mean, was I not mean, well received. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't. Well, yeah, it wasn't. Real, and I'm going to say this as clearly as I can: whitewashing was a problem for Ghost in the Shell, but yeah. it was not the problem. No, and, the pro the for the problem with Ghost in the Shell 2017 was that it was an incredibly boring movie and watered when down. I, it, yeah, yeah, when I say that. When I bring up things like about philosophy, when I talk about shot direction, when we talk about like casting decisions, mm-hmm. that's what I mean by when the director makes creative decisions but not taking creative risks. And what's interesting to me about whitewashing as a whole is that there it, there seems to be a trend as time goes on that the movies where the whitewashing happens are bad for reasons other than yeah. the no, I was going to bring yeah. that up. I'm looking, I've been looking at like a history of the ones that have history and they've all generally been critical and commercial disappointments. Last Airbender, Gods of Egypt. Yep. Um, yep. What was another big one recently? There, there, there have been Exodus. others. Um, what? Um, well, well let, me, let me stop right here. I missed you for that matter. Yeah, yeah. There, let me stop here because commercial success is a little different from being a cult success. And, and there are a few of those in the realm of whitewashing because obviously... Uh, a movie does not have to do well for it to find its audiences. Uh, I mean, Cats mm-hmm. Don't Dance, for one thing, mm-hmm. was not a financial success. Iron Giant. Iron Giant was another one. But even uh, with those, because I, I hate to cut you off, even with the ones the examples we're bringing up, critically, critically, they got hammered too. Critically, they got hammered. But there is one example that I can bring up. It's mm-hmm. the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. But it is something that um, people are starting to take a second look at. And it's called Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Yes. Edge of Tomorrow came out around the time when Transformers 4 came out. What was it called? The Last Night or something? Age of Extinction. That's a new one. Whatever. They're all the same. They're stupid yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. I love um, what that says about me and John. <laughs> um, it's like, we still care, Chris. I mean, we still care. I mean, I love Transformers 1. Don't get me oh, wrong, we'll, but they're not good movies. We'll talk and, about that. We'll talk. <laughs> My fans don't, Chris. Triggered. Triggered. Oh, you just killed Colin. But, all right, all right. Well, let me, let me, let me tone it down a bit because... Yeah. When I say they're not good movies, well, when I when I when I talk, co- we can cover that in another one. Wait, let's go on to Edge of Tomorrow. Whoa, 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 that's what I'm saying. Oh no, I interrupted. Yes, <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow was actually really decent. So that's uh, what I've heard. It, it, it was it was pretty beloved, and when people, uh, when uh, when marketers and producers started to take a second look at Edge of Tomorrow, they were like, Oh, all right, let's make a sequel. 
because Tom Cruise didn't actually didn't really do that bad um, do that bad of a job. And when I look at I I regularly watch Edge of Tomorrow. It's not one of my favorite movies, but when me and my wife saw it, we had a great time. It was mm-hmm. legit good. I'll check it out. No, it's not for. I'm not going to say it's not for everyone. Uh, that's with any movie. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people know that Edge of Tomorrow was based off a manga. Whoa. I, never heard that. <laughs> I did hear it that. Based, what was it? All you need is kill or something? Yes. Yeah. Was it Korean or was it Japanese? I think it was Japanese. Okay. I don't know. So could you look um, while, while I'm chatting out? Sure. I don't sure. Know. Yeah. Magic John database. Go. <laughs> Wikipedia. I, Either way, apparently it was a pretty smart book. It didn't, obviously, Edge of Tomorrow was- It's a Japanese novel. Yeah. Ah. Obviously, Edge of Tomorrow uh, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, it ended a little differently. It had your traditional Hollywood ending where- Happy ending. Yeah, happy ending. Tom Cruise drives off in the sunset. The roll credits. But he runs. He just he runs on his, he runs on his motorcycle. Because Tom Cruise, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a good runner. He is. When, I wonder he looks so good. But when I when I bring up Edge of Tomorrow, which is a legit decent film, it didn't do well commercially because it was up against something a lot bigger and Trans- dumber. It, well, and dumber. Something that uh, established. Yeah, something established. Something audiences can easily digest. Same thing with Ghost in the Shell 2017. Obviously, whitewashing is a problem. But when you put it up against Boss Baby, uh <laughs> films here in the West, they make a killing no matter how bad they are. I'm sorry, that entire sentence just hurt me. Unless you're Norman to North. But uh, yeah, there, Boss Baby kicked, or the Ratchet Clank. Or kicked the crap out of a lot of movies well, for a couple weeks. It wasn't just Boss It wasn't just Boss. Beauty and the Beast is still like, a juggernaut. Beast was out too. Um, wasn't also, no, no, Hidden Figures and uh, was earlier. It was a lot earlier. Logan? Yeah. Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Crowded yeah. Marketplace. But I'm like, Yo, like, get and, out. That's still been big. But I mean, like, uh, going back on the, the whole thing of whitewashing, it's like, it, it feels like that's an unfortunate symptom and not the actual disease. It is. And when directors decide, uh, directors and casting directors decide to put in other races to, uh, to out and out say, we check marked the diversity box. We got it. It's Z- like, you, you're missing the point. <laughs> you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. You, Scarlett, there's no denying that Scarlett Johansson is a great actress. And yeah. I, I am not going to knock the fact it's that It's not her trying- fault. I'm not going to act. Uh, I'm not the fact that hey, she she's took a job. She's took a job. She wants a paycheck just like anybody else. That's not a. Uh, that's not inherently the problem. No, it's not. And I'm. I'm definitely not going to judge anyone for trying to earn a buck. But the problem is, is that whitewashing is systematic through our nation here in America, where we have legit Asian actors trying to find work, but you're not giving the opportunities. They're, they're, they're not given the chance to even audition because. We found someone else who's bankable and white. Well, and the other problem is that it speaks to a cultural problem that I think as audiences, we are not willing to take a responsibility for. We're not willing to take like, creative uh, risk either. Well, not just that, but like when Ridley Scott said, I had to cast this way for Gods of Egypt or I would not have been able to bankroll it. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the fact that American Ridley Scott didn't do Gods of Egypt. That was uh, Alex Proyas. But the, the one that he did do, it was yeah. either Gods oh, of Egypt Exodus. or Exodus. Yeah, another one. The one that he did, because he got, he got slammed for whitewashing yeah, stuff. Yeah, Christian Bale and stuff. But he he was speaking to the fact that an American audience in 2017 still looking for reasons to go um go bomb Afghanistan after 9/11, they are not going to go see a um a um a uh, movie full of Arabs. Um yeah exactly. No matter um, how you know it's not Arab it's not an Arab cast, but I really hope uh, Black Panther can set, start some sort of trend. Oh, um, I'm sure it will. That movie's going to make money automatically because it's Marvel. I mean, get, it, people are really starting to take a second look now that Get Out has done so well. Well, but, Get Out, Hidden Figures, all that jazz. But it's Moonlight. It's, it's Moonlight, yeah. problem as an as an audience, we are subconsciously racist, hmm. and we were we refuse to deal with that. Hmm. 
we don't we we go to a movie and it can go both sides of it too. I went to go see Hidden Figures because I heard black people. I'm gonna go go see that. The only reason I didn't see Get Out, even though it stars a black dude, is because the horror is not my thing, and mm-hmm. the sunken place kind of freaks me out as a concept. <laughs> um, um, but as a as a society, Miles Morales is not gonna pull in as much money as Peter Parker for two reasons. One, only comic nerds have heard of Miles Morales, and right. two, he's not white. Hmm. Um, this has been it, a very uh, heady episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. like um, and, and Marvel was talking about that with their whole issue about diversity. Mm-hmm. Like they're saying, diversity doesn't sell. Well, maybe poor writing doesn't sh- sell either. Poor writing doesn't sell, <laughs> but also you have an audience who says, "I'm not racist. I just don't like that." I'm yeah. not racist. I just don't like minorities. <laughs> and, and the thing is that it, it's it sort of falls into that, that weird sort of creepy thing where like you talk to a you talk to a black girl, you talk to a uh, uh, not black, but you talk to a a white dude or a white girl, and they say, "I don't." that particular race mm-hmm. and it's like that is perfectly fine <laughs> you have to understand what this says about you as well though mm-hmm. humanity as a whole we're reaching this sort of weird adolescence mm-hmm. where we're like we're aware of how the greater universe works to a point where we're even a great aware of our foibles but we are also unable to move past our our singular vices it's a very mm-hmm. gradual process exactly and mm-hmm. ghost in the shell is a is part of it is a, yeah is a is a example of that and it's it's very unfortunate because again, ScarJo took a paycheck. They marketed it towards a specific. They marketed it to the broadest audience possible, and they knew what that audience would hook into, mm-hmm. given half the chance. Yeah. But the implications are still really unfortunate. Yeah. It's it funny takes- that um, Chris, you were so hesitant to discuss this, but I think you've done a good job discussing it. Yeah. The problem is that even though Ghost in the Shell 2017 is not the film that I wanted it to be, I don't think that it's worthy of this much attention or controversy, which is why I didn't want to jump into it. Well, it's like praise or vitriol. Yeah. Because it's not, it's, it's, it's not. There's not enough there. It's, <laughs> not a, it's not a Transformers movie. No, it's not. I mean. It's it, not The Last Airbender. It's just so mediocre. When I, when I, when I watched it, I was like, I'm getting nothing. There were, uh, there were parts where they, add, what they added in just didn't mean, uh, didn't, were just aesthetic things. There were, there was a point where, there was some robot, well, there was some human slash robot nurse mm-hmm. that was there and she took off her goggles or yeah. she she had like a she had like a, a face plate for her eyes and yeah. she took it yeah. out yeah. and then she smoked a cigarette or something. And you're supposed to be like, oh, that's what kind of person she is. And then like the puppet master comes and kills her, mm-hmm. but then then like the squad comes in, finds her laying on the ground, but but her headpiece is gone. Like the same piece I, I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like there, there's no real, there's no real uh, like sense of Substance. these are the stakes, or, and like the message seemed to be like we're not going to show the gore, the gore is implied, but it's not even well implied. Got that PG thirteen. Yeah, it, it, it was just that was she. Oh, the puppet master took her face plate, uh, face mask off. What if you're a person who's completely new to this movie? What you're seeing is a puppet, is the bad guy taking off an adjustable piece on this person's face and then walking away with it. You don't get the sense like, that he hey, killed her. Hey, he took her goggles. Woo. Yeah, because she was She's taking them off pretty well beforehand. And it's it's there were scenes like that that made me go, this movie is not worth me chatting about, even with its racial implications. But given the conversation that we just had, maybe it was. Well, I just don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that frustrating Cash-22 of this isn't a big deal. Uh, I'm going to do this one more time, and then I'm going to put it away forever. Okay. Don't bring up the wife. I swear to God, if you bring up the holographic wife. I'll bring it up. This reaction is exactly what I'm talking about. God damn it. (laughs) Because 
we bring up the holographic wife. It's not a big deal. It really isn't. Well, thanks. I mean, as much as I, as much as I I'm sweating it. bullets while my wife is like throwing knives through visual daggers at me. She's doing it again. I love you, sweetie. Don't kill me at night. <laughs> the thumbnail for this episode is going to be but, the hollow wife from March. But um, the the idea is as as much as we built up this joke, it really doesn't mean anything. Mm. Um. And um, yeah, we just deflated it. Yes, we're actors. We 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 we're entertainers. We know how to script things. Sorry, but um, we were acting. Huh. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> but it's that whole idea of this isn't a big. This shouldn't be a big deal. But the fact that it is speaks to how big of a problem it is. Yeah, and it's a big deal. But the fact that it's a big deal makes it a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, this should be a movie that's just hey, it didn't do well. But now we have to look into why it didn't do well. I'm not going to say there should be a movie about whitewashing. I would love that. No. <laughs> well, and then also there's the other implication of it's it's also the Duke Nukem problem. Um, and depending on what reviewers you talk to, also the ukulele problem. Yes, you guys can feel free to punch me in the face after this is done. Mm -hmm. The Pow. idea that this is something that that needed to have been made five, ten something years ago. Mm -hmm. Not so much in the case of ukulele, mm -hmm. but like with Duke Ghost Nukem in the Shell. The Matrix already did this better. Yeah, it tell, uh, when I when I looked at Ghost in the Shell 2017, I was like, man, Morpheus should show up anytime now to explain to the audience like, like what this world's about. Where or, was this movie uh, in 1998? Yeah, or Cloud Atlas for a recent example, even though that's still by the Wachowskis. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you get past the racial implications of that movie, um, the point of that is that what defines your humanity, your race, your stuff, and your experiences. Um, Tons of other media have come out and explored the themes of Ghost in a Shell. Million um, times over. Yeah. Blade Runner, 30 years ago. Well, more. I mean, hell, even if, even if I'm gonna be like really, if I'm gonna kick really below the uh, below the belt, Sword Art Online explored this better. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that, and that's that's harsh <laughs> considering that's, Sword Art. That's on, not on. something you want to hear for your product. Now, now, granted. For those who don't know me, I don't like Sword Art Online. Well, yeah, I haven't heard good things, even though it's very popular. I kind of I still have a sword spot. For it's it. okay. You can have. I your heard sword it started strong, but it went in a bad direction. Sword mm. <laughs> we heard but things. I mean, and even then, like um, um, stuff like Dot Hack Sign, um, Blade Runner, etc., etc., etc. If if Ghost in the Shell 2017 had taken those ideas and built on them, evolved them. Like if if there was there was a really an argument about what is race. For a for a society that can easily transfer their brain into multiple bodies. Mm. Now, granted, Ghost in the Shell, um, like pre 2017, explored that because the major wasn't the only person doing the body transfer. Mm -hmm. But in Ghost in, in Gets 2017, where she's special, <laughs> suddenly that loses meaning. Yeah. And and also as an audience, and I think they they knew this. We're not equipped to deal with that. Mm. We're we're not emotionally equipped. You, me, um, Chris, Serena, Justin, hell, even the cats. We are able to process this, as because as as uh, as individuals who've gone to school, we have a diverse circle of friends, and whenever we screw up, our friends are very quick to point out where we where we've gone wrong. As a society, oh, well. What is, if, if she's supposed to be a raceless android, what does it matter if ScarJo's playing her? What does it matter if, uh, what does it matter if some Hollywood actress is playing her? Check out this meme video of Japanese people saying it's not a big deal. So you, now you don't feel that bad. Or on a mundane, on something even more mundane. I can name, there's Phil Lamar, Cree Summer, and Kevin Michael Richardson. Those are all the African-American voice actors I can name. Mm -hmm. 
because the the default response will be it's just a voice it doesn't matter who's playing them but then my counter is yeah but there's still a ton of really talented black voices oh yeah that don't get a chance i i, I like uh carrie payton cyborg yeah i forgot him see but he doesn't wow. do much outside of cyborg well and it's not even that he doesn't do much outside of, of cyborg well exactly yeah he doesn't get the chance to and it's the same deal with with scarjo and uh and the um and actors yeah, Asian actors. It's like, well, she's a racist android. What does it matter? Yeah. In an in a in a contestless void or in an ideal world, it absolutely would not matter. But, but we not. live in a 2017 where a uh, a a walking snack chip is the president, and his his campaign was basically kick out all the brown people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I do think we've uh, we're kind of starting to circle back in terms of the stuff we're discussing. So it might be time to start winding things down, but uh, well, actually, um, one of our uh, contributors had an interesting point in that the uh, the experiences of of native Japanese mm-hmm. are different from those of like Japanese Americans. Yeah, and so this is actually where it goes back to the the, the word of um, of uh, what's his face uh, Masamune Shiro saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm fine with it. And it's like yeah, you live in Japan where you're gonna get another Gits, and it's gonna be played by an Asian actress, and all your movies are played by Asian people. They have in the same America? problem too because people are talking about uh, the Attack on Titan and Full Metal Alchemist movies taking characters that are meant to be like European and they're all Asian. And, but in America, yeah. In America, we have Asian Americans where Louis Tan can't play Ant- Iron Fist. And it's not going to be a problem until it eventually is. Hmm. Like um, for a completely random example of this, I didn't care when they said Hal Jordan was, uh, was going to be the Green Lantern and Ryan Reynolds was going to play him. I mean, back in back in the day, this was back when in the heyday of Justice League Unlimited, where yeah. John Stewart was established as, right. oh my God, he's such a badass. That's what I also, got. He's also Phil Lamar. Too. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, why is he the Green Lantern? I thought he was Green Lantern. And the defenders were saying, well, Hal Jordan was the second one, technically the first. Yeah. It wasn't. Fast yeah, for- it wasn't that much of an issue for me as much as kind of a missed opportunity rather than a racial injustice. Like, but, when they, if they do that reboot, I hope they do like Intercelebr or something else like they're considering. But mm-hmm. fast forward – oh, that's not going to happen. But fast right. forward to 2017, 2015 and, and they're like Spider-Man might be in, in, civil, in civil War. What if he's black? What if he's Miles Morales? What if it's not Peter – what if it's not Peter Parker for once or it's not – Donald Glover not, really wanted to play him for the Amazing series. Yeah. yeah. And, then we, and then we saw that uh, – then we saw that what? I forget what document came out, but it said it had that list – of one, it had that list of things. It was like official list. I'm not sure who threw it out, but it said, "This is what Spider-Man slash Peter Parker is. He's a white male. He's straight. He's from America. Lives in Brooklyn, and yada yada yada." And that was that was it. That was the final thing. And the thing is that every one of these not only is an example of what came before, but it also sets a future precedent. Mm-hmm. So suddenly it's like, well, Miles might Miles is headlining the animated um the animated right. movie. Mm-hmm. Yay. But we still deal with the stigma of animated movies in America. And even if he is headlining the animated movie, mm-hmm. it's not going to be 2D like it really needs to be. No. I mean, it, well, it could be. I mean, considering DC Animated does make – This is a video, though. It's, so, it's, it's Sony's animation unit. They don't, they oh, it's Sony's animation yeah, unit. Yeah. And they're going they're going theatrical. They're not going to do it. Yeah, no, not, not – Well, didn't they do that for uh, – what was that? Uh, the Killing Joke? Um, that, that was, was limited release. Right, 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 right. Oh, sorry, um, I got that mixed up. My we've fault. been doing a lot of. I think we're doing a lot of damage. we going. I actually had, do think we need to start winding down. Okay. Bye. Um, but this it, this has been a a ride. Yes, it has. Yeah. I I'm very curious to see how a lot of listeners tune in. Like, oh, what cartoon are they going to? Oh, 
But uh, they went deep. Yeah, we did. We did went very deep. I doubt it'll yeah. be the only time we go deep. We though. hacked your brains. <laughs> see what I yeah, did. Yeah, oh, you brought it all back. Tied it all together. We've been mm-hmm. hacking your expectations. Um, but gone. I gotta. I gotta thank you for allowing us to talk about all this. It's oh yeah, absolutely. You, you get hit. High five. And yeah. I do think we can say we recommend Ghost in the Shell, the anime. The anime, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Now the movie, on I Crunchyroll, might... I think. The... Is it on Crunchyroll? I don't know. What? I don't know. I just all the videos I watch like to throw in a link to, to where you can find it legally. Mm. So. Oh yeah, I um I think Arise is on some streaming services. It's so recent. Is it? Okay. It might be. Okay. Might be. Yeah, something um, else for Chris to get angry about. Was Arise not good? Um, it got mixed reviews, but I just want to see you get angry about something. Uh, how about okay. I'm Ghost in the Shell? That honestly. Yeah, yeah. You didn't want to talk about this to begin with, but I'm glad you went a lot. You were willing to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now we can start winding things down. Uh, I want to thank Colin in general. This has been a really fun episode. Um, even with the heavy topics, it's been really interesting to talk about. It was really mm-hmm. cool for you to hear you guys talk about your name and discuss ukuleles. Uh, mm-hmm. What it says about the gaming market and such. Um, mm-hmm. Colin's really good at t- discussing these kind of topics uh, outside of the podcast, so it was kind of cool for him to bring him here. And we will definitely need to have you back on at some point. Sonic Mania or Transformers? Well, Leave it in the comments. Mm-hmm. Leave okay, it in people the comments. on Facebook. I, th- I, think we, I think we could get you back very much for a Sonic episode. Um, Transformers, maybe, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But um, I think we should start winding things down. Call, um, so if you want to follow any of us, I'm on Twitter, Tumblr, and... Uh, maybe just go to Twitter and Tumblr at Behonkis B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S Chris where can people find you in social media um, you can find me on Twitter I recently changed my Twitter handle it is now uh, Chris Top The Wade oh yeah. that's weird I like Sparkflow better yeah but I changed it because uh, I tend to uh, I tend to like a lot of anime stuff online okay mm-hmm. okay um, and I, oh, I, I should mention I'm on uh, I'm also on YouTube yes uh, yeah, I've been doing, and I'll, I'll be uploading old episodes again of the show to it. Chris, get get in touch with me about. Uh, I can get in touch with me about drawing thumbnails. I'd love that. Um, sure, Colin. Thing. Where can people find you, and what would you like to promote? That you want? Well, pretty much, if you put Skipper Wing S K I P P E R W I N G in Google, that entire first page and a half is me. I, yeah. I, I know it sounds like super hyper braggy stuff, but no, I am literally everywhere except possibly Pornhub. I'm possibly, not on possibly. Um, but that's um, kind that of being, hmm? that's like your brand, basically, Skipper Way. Oh yeah. But that being said, the thing I would love most to promote, obviously, is my animated comic book, The Crimson Fly. Mm-hmm. Basically, a teenager finds out that oh no, I am not disabled. My freaky legs are actually superpowers, and not everybody has wings on their back and can stick to walls. Mm-hmm. What does a kid do who's got way too much time on their hands and reads way too many comic books? Fight crime. Yeah, Updates. I've I've seen a bit of it. It's. I love the look of it, and uh, even the approach it takes to it is very unique. Because you think motion comic, you think maybe like images floating across the screen. No, you animate select portions of it, um, and it, the overlook of it, like it has a neat color scale. It's a little Sin City-ish, a lot of black and whites, but also some vibrant colors, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's still more stylized character designs. It, I'm a fan of what I've seen, and I would recommend definitely recommend people check it out. Oh, much appreciated. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I gotta hit you up for a review. Oh, on the on the show, maybe. Oh, well, on the show or where? Because you you do reviews and stuff. I'm John. working on YouTube reviews right now. I'm actually uh, the first one I'm going to do, and I'll discuss it in itself on another episode. Cause I'm not done yet, but there'll be a lot to say about Mass Effect Andromeda. Dun, 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 dun. You, you do may be it. surprised by what I think, but actually, um, 
Um, my brother just threw up his hand. If you want to uh, do a Mass Effect thing, we could guest him on that one. We can do that all- in the future because I haven't finished Andromeda. Um, okay. Are you familiar with the series? Can we slide him over to Mass Effects? So I can talk about Transformers. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that does remind me. Chris and I discussed this. Our next episode, we're finally going to be guestless again, uh, for a little bit at least, because uh, Colin, obviously you want to be on, and Chris's brother definitely, and I have other people I might reach out to, and so does Chris. But I was talking with Chris. He, it's his turn to pick something again, and we're going to do another kind of retrospective, which is transformers but specifically the animated versions from like the 90s like beast wars onward yeah um neither of us neither of us are familiar with g1 i'm i'm not really familiar with transformers outside of beast wars but i think it'll give me some time to uh catch up on that and a lot of the other newer things that i'm not super aware of and it'll Mm -hmm. be interesting to discuss that and i think we'll touch on g1 and the baby movies a bit just because it comes with the territory but don't expect them to be the focus Mm-hmm. Um. Ooh. If you guys ever get the chance, pick up all of Cybertron. I will. I was thinking about it. That's a that's a good talking point for um. Yeah, it's the game. It's okay. a good I think I have it on Steam. I also ooh. I played a little bit of Devastation, and that was actually quite fun. Okay. So actually, those would actually fit really well into your uh, into your discussion. Oh, Maybe we should do you that. know what? For the hell of it, I have a copy of the original '80s movie, and I think I want to touch to watch that just because I've heard it's actually pretty cool. You yeah. got the touch. Dance you got the power. You got the power. Yeah, I love that song, ironically. <laughs> and the clips I've seen in that movie, the animation's really good. Yes. Which is crazy, yes, is. but but yeah. <laughs> but that I think one it's time. Is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Them uh, dancing to dare to be stupid. No, no, no. <laughs> I love no. Weird Al though. Not gonna lie. Uh, I, it, it's one of those things that, for me personally, yeah. Well, but I've but the, the the fandom at large holds that movie in high esteem. They do. Well, um, I'll bring it up at least. But I think it's time for us to start bringing things to a close. So look forward to a lot of Transformers geeking out next time. Uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. The cartoons past the original. And again, thanks so much to Colin for joining us. There was so much to digest in this episode, and I think we did a great job talking on it. So I am John Fleury. I'm Christopher Wade. And I'm Colin Skipper Winbird. And to our side is Chris's hologram wife, wishing all our audiences (laughs) a very good evening. She's off to go look. She's off to go ogle over Neil deGrasse Tyson. Archer fans will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good night, guys.